the amount of times that we've recorded after I'm like sick or don't. <laughs> Danielle, the amount of times we recorded when it's been after midnight for me. <laughs> it's true. Especially that which has taken an inordinately long amount of time. I'm proud of us. Good job. I'm surprised this isn't worse. I'm glad we're not doing a crap episode. I can't only make it better somehow. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Book Retorts Winter Bazaar. Yay, winter! <laughs> I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Danielle. And this is a podcast about sharing your weird media files with your friends who don't know what you're talking about. That's me. I'm the friend. That's you. Well, you're weird. Uh, oh, I mean, yes, definitely friend. <laughs> <laughs> I see how it is. 20 years of friendship, it means nothing. <laughs> I mean, you would not argue that you're not weird. I am a little weird. Just a little. <laughs> so today, Danielle, I thought I would give you a gift for this holiday season by not doing more Hyperion horror for you and instead bringing a whole new kind of horror to the podcast, a Hallmark movie. Oh my gosh, Sam watched a Hallmark movie, everybody. I put myself through that misery for you. Is it Christmas Bounty 2? <laughs> I <laughs> wish that existed. <laughs> In fact, it is the 2013 Hallmark movie, Fur Crazy. No. That's F-I-R, by the way. Oh, that's good, because that's not where my brain went. I was like, what are you bringing to me? It's not a werewolf or Sasquatch Christmas movie. I did the Sasquatch Christmas movie already. Potter's I, I, That's not where I went at all. I was actually thinking of like furries or something. And I was like, that can't possibly be a Hallmark movie. There were furries in Pottersville too, Danielle. We covered this. There were. What a movie that was. Yeah. That was a great one. I think about it sometimes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen it, but you just think about it, right? I do. I do. It like sticks into my head. You should see it. It is an experience. Anyway... <laughs> Fur Crazy, also renamed but only on IMDb as Oh Christmas Tree with an exclamation point. So Both I trust all things titles. IMDb. So <laughs> Give me a summary, Sam. Yeah, I want to read the description first before you make a judgment on whether its title is fitting or not. Okay. It is the most hallmark of descriptions. <laughs> This busy career woman, Elise McReynolds, Sarah Lancaster, has no time or desire to take part in Christmas festivities. Classic Hallmark. I told However, you, the most Hallmark of descriptions. <laughs> a few twists of fate land Elise in the middle of her worst nightmare. Unemployed, newly single, and running her family's Christmas tree lot for the dreaded holiday season. I could not <laughs> have imagined that would be the plot of a Hallmark movie. I'm so excited about this, Sam. <laughs> I know, this is for you. I watched this movie. I was angry. Like, 90% of the time, I was so mad at this movie. Everything that happened to me, I was angry about it. Is this a Christmas present for me? Yes. Every character choice I was angry about, every choice the world building made, every coincidence I was mad at. So, let's get into Fur Crazy. I can't believe that's the title of this. Open with a shot of New York City as jaunty music plays. The outline of a Christmas tree is drawn over the Chrysler building. The title comes up in green. looks like Comic Sans. Fur crazy. It's going to be that kind of movie. (laughs) 
question. Is the jaunty music holiday music? No. In this instance, it wasn't. It's a song about how a boss is asking too much of their employee. <laughs> well, okay. I'll be honest with you, if you ask me more questions about this music, I will not have answers. It's very generic. Clearly not licensed. I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. Cut to the bedroom of a woman. A digital alarm clock goes off. She hits the snooze button and goes back to sleep. An analog alarm clock goes off on the opposite nightstand. She silences that one, too. A third alarm goes off. She gets up, goes downstairs, presumably to shut that off, too, and then collapse in a heap asleep on the floor because she's clearly a narcoleptic. <laughs> Is this why she's unemployed and newly single? Is because she turns off all the alarm clocks, doesn't make it to work, and then her husband slash boyfriend slash partner decides to, like, no, get Danielle. rid of her? <laughs> it's much stupider than that. In fact, I have a lot to say about how she ends up unemployed in just a few minutes and oof also her home is filled with all kinds of boxes like he hasn't unpacked yet and so she walks to the kitchen to shut off the alarm which is coming guess from where danielle the oven timer it is the oven do ovens have a long can you set the oven to like wake you up at 10 in the morning ovens don't have that function (laughs) (laughs) maybe she sets it for hours like she's like okay if i go to bed now then i need to wake up in eight and a half hours so she sets the timer for eight and a half hours (laughs) What a psycho. What, what absolute <laughs> lunatic would sit there up and like, okay, I got to sit for eight hours and 32 minutes from now to make sure I wake up at the right time. What a lunatic. <laughs> the movie's already insane. I'm already angry at it. <laughs> Cut to her walking down the street, talking on the phone about ordering business cards for some big promotion she's definitely going to get. Then her mom calls. Apparently, her father bought a 40-pound frozen turkey, and her mom begs her to come home for Thanksgiving, but Elise... And that's her name. I had to look it up because it isn't mentioned for like 30 more minutes. I hate when movies do that. <laughs> yep. Is a workaholic. And so obviously she's like, oh, sorry, mom. I don't think I'm going to make it. I got a big promotion coming up. And you know why she's unemployed? Because she ordered business cards before she actually got the promotion. It's bad luck. It's bad luck. Everybody knows you can't do that. How dare she? Presumptuous. She needs a dehumidifier. A Christmas present for the whole family. <laughs> oh. Order yours today. <laughs> You can uh, support that at patreon.com slash bookretorts. <laughs> Home of the dehybridifier. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get a Christmas-themed dehybridifier made. <laughs> Hol- yeah, holiday-themed. Yeah, absolutely. Smells like peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> we assume it has an odor to begin with, which is a crazy well, dehybridifier, so it, like, turns it into peppermint smell. The, the- okay, I'm glad we figured out how that worked. <laughs> You smell the peppermint? That's it working. Oh, yeah. It's not just peppermint oil we put in the, in the machine to make it feel <laughs> Well, the hubris, the hubris turns into peppermint smell. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not just a, a scam we're running by putting peppermint oil in the machine before no, we send it's it like, to you. No, it's like, what, there's something famous that they hadn't had a scent to because nobody, or a noise to or whatever, because people didn't believe that it worked because there was, nothing happened. You're talking about the Farcaster from Hyperion? Maybe. I mean, it also happened there. And a sensation to make it seem like something happened. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like at the time I was like, just like that other thing. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, know, I know they added the, the smell of the gas, but that's a whole other issue. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking of, Sam. It's the gas of, smell. When they add the, the, the sulfur to the So people know that there's a gas leak. Mm-hmm. It's not to prove that it's working. They don't like, oh, my oven turned okay, on. I was I mixing things I together. It. I was mixing apparently Hyperion, oh, Hyperion together with real <laughs> life. It's infiltrated into my brain. This is your Christmas to get away from my period. We must purge yourself from that. 
All right, carry on. Sorry. All right. So Elise, obviously, is a workaholic. Her mom then mentions that they, her dad and her mom, are driving some trees down to the city to sell for their Christmas tree lot. But they're getting too old to do it, so maybe someday their successful daughter can take over the family business. That is when Elise decides to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, no, I'm good. Thanks, Mom. Bye. She's like, oh, I got to go, Mom. Back to work. Bye. I don't disagree with her up to this point. And yeah, I mean, if you don't want to run your Christmas, your family's Christmas tree lot, you don't want to run it. Like, it's okay if you want to run it, but if you don't, yeah. then they should be forcing you to because that's a whole yeah, different life path. Yeah, getting into it is not like a good way to pass on a business. No, because they're not going to want to do it. Exactly. And we cut to a coffee shop, which is decked out in Christmas decorations. And Elise very correctly complains to the costume barista that it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Please, can we not do this? And so far, Elise... I'm on your side. <laughs> I like you so far. It will not last. I know it won't last, but so far, at least, I'm rooting for you. Yeah, they make it seem like she's like Scrooge or something, but I'm, I'm on her side for the pre-Thanksgiving yeah. holiday wear. This is my point. This movie does this a lot, and we'll get to it later, but it assumes that everyone loves Christmas all the time, and <laughs> no one would object to having Christmas starting, I don't know, in March or something. And whoever doesn't agree that Christmas should start as soon as possible is an absolute Grinch, and it is... A very pushy movie with that point of view, and I hate it. Which is crazy. I love the holiday seasons, but I like even I will wait till after Thanksgiving just do anything Christmas related. And we'll get to it later. This movie doesn't even consider people who maybe don't celebrate Christmas or even consider it to be an important part of their lives. Oh yeah, Hallmark movies notoriously, uh, occasionally, especially in later ones, you tend to get a, um, like a more Jewish contingent in the Hallmark movies, but you don't usually see much of anything else. No, this movie addresses it by only making it worse, and we'll get to that. <laughs> Welcome to 2013, Hallmark. (laughs) Oof. All right. She orders a plain coffee and the barista berates her for not getting whipped cream and nutmeg in it. Like, where's your fun? Maybe she's allergic to nutmeg. Clearly, they're kind of friends. She's not allergic. She just doesn't want that stuff in her coffee because she likes her coffee the way she likes her coffee. (laughs) And so she needs to get a new coffee shop. This barista (laughs) is way too pushy and I don't like him. That's that's Sam's line. That's Sam's coffee line. I'm like, I'm sorry. You're telling me what coffee to drink? I don't think I can come here anymore. Right. Like, I don't want to like go to a coffee shop, order what I want, and be told, hey, you're a jerk for ordering a different coffee drink that I want you to have. You're like, no fun. You're, you're like, who are you to tell me what kind of coffee I should like? Just give me – I give you the money. You give me the coffee. This is it. We're done here. We don't need to make this complicated interaction. <laughs> the entire point of the coffee shop is just to get the coffee I ordered. Yeah. And I give you the money. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, the herborista is way too pushy, even for a friend, and I would be absolutely not going back to that coffee shop. Like, no tip for you. <laughs> <laughs> Never talk to Susan again. <laughs> like, I don't even want my I don't even my friend giving me crap about what I like, what kind of drinks I do not like. I don't even drink coffee. I'd be angry at this coffee shop. <laughs> Oh, man. I should need a hot chocolate? How dare you not get a coffee? (laughs) I should never run a coffee shop that you're coming into. You'd never come into my coffee shop again. Would you be like telling people, no, you're getting the wrong drink? No, I wouldn't be telling people, Sam. I would be telling you. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, because, you know, you and I are friends and I would never come back. (laughs) Anyway, cut to her in a meeting room. A meeting is wrapping up. A dude with just the most 15-year-old looking beard like it is. Oof. It is almost there. <laughs> Trying so hard. He's like, I think I know what a beard can be like. If I try real hard, give him like another four months and I'll have a beard. No, he comes up to her as the meeting is all ending. Everyone's leaving. And he says he got them an upgrade to a private cabana because Ooh. when you're with Lance Pinfeld, I had no. to look that name up because no. 
Are you serious? Yeah, I had to look it up because he just he said Lance something. I didn't quite understand. I don't know if that was like the, the bad version I was watching or whatever. And I looked on IMDb. His name is just Lance in the credits. He has no last name anywhere <laughs> mentioned. It was impossible to find out what his character name was. Even this movie doesn't care. So you call him Benveld? He, he says his name again later. Spoiler alert. And we get his full name. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, uh, he says, when you're with Lance Penfeld, it's only the best. Is that like they're going somewhere for the holidays? So they're dating, clearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So dating your coworkers, great plan. They're going to the Bahamas for Christmas because she hates Christmas and it's nice and warm there. Oh, yes. I mean, that's true. (laughs) I mean, I'm not – again, I don't think that's a bad choice if you don't like the winter – and you have the means to do so. Traveling is not like a go for it. I, who am I to judge you? I, I don't understand why this movie's trying to paint these people as all terrible. Do we find out why she hates Christmas? Oh, Danielle. No. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I don't buy it. <laughs> like, we find out, she tells us many times why she hates Christmas. None of that holds water in my book. Okay. <laughs> So he mentions that the offer Secret Santa's happened and she derides these stupid traditions. And he's all, why do you hate Christmas? And she's all, I grew up on a Christmas tree farm. So I had to work every holiday, staying in a cold trailer, selling trees. And I'm like, that's your family's livelihood. That's how they gave you food. Maybe be grateful. (laughs) (laughs) She's a Grinch, Sam, remember? Oh, I'm sorry. And also, to be fair, like, if I had to work every holiday, and I mean, I mentioned many people in retail have the same feeling, I would not feel as warmly towards the holidays as many people do. And that's fine. I think that's reasonable. It is reasonable. So, anyway, her boss comes in and asks to speak with her in private. Guess what? She's fired! She's out. She's gone. Kaput. What'd she do? Why is she fired? <laughs> oh, oh boy, Danielle. This conversation they have, I am furious are you furious for her or are you furious yes okay yes <laughs> like she should be suing the company at the end of this conversation oh, she has an ironclad lawsuit <laughs> she is shocked she thought she was getting the big promotion right. and that she's fired so her boss tells her that sales are in the toilet they need to downsize and he's like why don't you cut this other lady who's always late it's like oh we're cutting her too don't worry about it. she's also gone oh, okay and then he says you know but it's more than just trimming the fat it's bigger than that we're an athletic shoe company. Look at your feet. And the camera pans down and she's wearing perfectly reasonable work heels. But I guess she's not wearing athletic sneakers or something. Like, it's not clear what the problem is with her feet. But the boss says, you just don't fit in. And so we're letting you go. And he literally says, there's nothing wrong with your work. Your work is great. You do your job. But I'm just not feeling the passion. What? How? But she's apparently doing well enough that she thinks she's in track for, like, a promotion. Yeah. So she either has a completely huge, like, sense of self-worth that she doesn't deserve to have. She's, like, maybe she's mediocre at her job and she thinks she's doing fabulously. But I imagine that's not the case because otherwise why would we be following this woman? She's probably really good at her job. She's good at her job. I mean, her boss even says, you do your job well, but I'm just not feeling the passion and she's not wearing the right shoes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get money. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing that... Two things that really, oh, two things that really cook my bacon on this, <laughs> burn my bacon on this one. One, none of the men in the office are wearing, you know, athletic shoes, right? They're all like wearing, you know, work shoes, dress shoes or whatever. And yet she's being singled out because she's wearing heels. That's a gender discrimination lawsuit waiting to happen. Absolutely. And B, the whole thing about like, I'm not feeling the passion. Like we're like a family here and I hate people like that if she does the job and you pay her to do the job you don't need her to be your friend no. you don't need her to be family transaction over this is just like the barista again <laughs> 
You're paying her to do something. She does it. You don't need more. It doesn't be complicated than that. Like, get over it. I hate workplaces that want you to be like family. Family. Yeah. No. They're like, you're paying you to not. be there. No, it's it's great you. if you love your job and it is feels like a family sure. to you, but like they should no 100%. way. Like, like that should be no bosses. That should not be requirement. Yeah, ever. Yeah. And so that's why they fire. That is literally the only patient we get is they could have just gone with the layoffs. Like we're having downsizing. We have to cut a third of our staff or something. But he had to go into all about like how you're not wearing the right shoes. I don't feel your passion. Yeah, can I have that in writing? <laughs> yeah, I have a lawyer. I need you to talk. Can you can I get the recording to the lawyer? I would be furious. I'd be suing the heck out of this company. <laughs> Elise, however, just takes it in stride. No, Elise. Well, I mean, she's going to find her holiday spirit and her her actual yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, we here know she's going to be fine by the end. But yeah, no suing, hundred percent, absolute <laughs> miscarriage of justice. <laughs> Definitely wrongful termination. Possibly gender discrimination. I mean, likely gender discrimination. Yeah, because <laughs> the only other person they mentioned they're firing is another woman. That's crazy. Anyway, Hallmark. Cut to that night. Lance comes to Elise's home and tells her, I can't actually stay and we need to talk. That's not good. So apparently the boss is forcing Lance to work over the holidays because now that they've cut a bunch of staff, there's more work for everyone to do. Duh. So he can't take her on the vacation anymore. And also, maybe they should take a break over the holidays because it's so crazy and busy. And she is angry. Like, hey, you're breaking up with me. It's like, I'm not breaking up with you. You said up. I just said break. It's like, the up is implied. So she's obviously very angry. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. And he's like, well, I did bring you ice cream. And so she slams the door in his face. And he's all like, wait, we're still friends, right? And then she opens the door to grab the ice cream because women, am I right? Oh, my God. I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him for bringing ice cream. Well, to be fair, I think she asked him to bring the ice cream originally so they could commiserate about her being fired. It doesn't matter. Oh, he knows she was fired? Yes. No. That's why he came there. What a oh. jerk face. Well, it's part of the reason he's breaking up with her. That's <laughs> 10 times worse. He didn't even like, wait a week. <laughs> Not even a week. And yeah, so that's that. Now she's single and unemployed. That's terrible. I'm yeah, mad. But I'm at least mad she got for her. ice cream. It doesn't matter. It was probably some stupid flavor too. Ooh, you tell her. No, it just seemed apparently he seems like the kind of guy who would like she asked for, you know, anything but mint chocolate chip and he brought mint chocolate chip because it's his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, you're spending a lot of energy on this man who is unimportant to this story. I'm just saying, she's better off without him because I know she's gonna meet somebody in her own in her own little town. Again, he is irrelevant, Danielle. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm allowed to get stuck on it. irrelevant things, Sam. That's literally the entire point of this podcast. Well, yeah, but not like seven minutes into this movie, five <laughs> minutes into this movie. We gotta go. Carry on. So cut to Elise in a headhunter's office looking for work. This woman is a terrible human being because she keeps going like, you're perfect. This resume is perfect. And then Elise is all, really? And the woman goes, no. And then <laughs> she's like, but you're very nearly there. We'll find the right job for you. We'll get you a job by Monday. And Elise says, really? She's like, no, because the holidays and no one is hiring in corporate. She keeps on doing that, and she's awful, and I hate her. <laughs> That's fair. And then she berates Elise for apparently buying an apartment recently instead of hoarding all her money to save for this totally predictable crisis. And that makes me so incredibly angry about like, oh, <laughs> millennials are not buying houses because they don't have the money. But when they do buy houses, they're foolish for squandering their money. <laughs> Story of our lives, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Even though she's not a millennial because it's 2013, but still, I'm angry about it. <laughs> It's a similar concept. Very similar. And it just makes me hate our economy, <laughs> our, our system. 
Anyway, we cut to Elise, driving to her parents' home out in the country. It's a surprise visit. She tells her mom she got fired and dumped, and her mom was all, perfect timing. <laughs> the father dropped the turkey on his foot and broke it, so they need someone to help cousin Shane sell all the Christmas trees, because the mom can't help, and the dad can't do it now because his foot's broken, and that's it. They need someone- Does the mom have to, like, help her dad? No. How come the mom can't do it? I don't know. And maybe she doesn't have to help the dad. She doesn't specify. She just says it's ob- she just doesn't even address it as an option. Doesn't even entertain the idea. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm not going to work for the Christmas tree farm. I never wanted to do it in the first place. <laughs> but you should. <laughs> I, it might be the dad. I mean, who knows? It just doesn't even entertain as an option. <laughs> I have to assume she has to help the dad out. Yeah, the, sure. Let's go with that. So she's not awful. Not everyone in this movie is awful. <laughs> this Christmas tree farm is literally all of their income for the year. And at least... Hates this idea. She never enjoyed selling trees. She hates it. Her father then lays a whole guilt trip on about how, well, I guess the bank won't mind if the mortgage is late this month. And also, she should just do it. I mean, it seems like she right? has a relatively decent relationship with her family. It's not like they're completely estranged. No, they love her. She's great with them. She just doesn't see them very much and hates her childhood. Well, she hates the few weeks of her childhood a year they spent selling Christmas trees, and the rest of it was probably fine. Yeah, like, I feel like that's crazy, because... It's not like she has this terrible relationship with her family. So, like, really, you don't have a job and you, they need your help. What's three weeks out of your life? Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. And, in fact, we now cut to Elise talking to her girlfriend in the coffee shop, complaining about how she's never wanted to sell trees again. She made a promise to herself when she was 14 <laughs> never to do that again. And then she asks her friend, do you have any idea what it's like to never have a real Christmas? To which her friend replies, of course. Still Jewish, which is a great bit to undermine the whole Hallmark Christmas movie machine. Elise, terrible person that she is, just ignores this comment and bulldozes over it and goes on and on about every other kid. Got to go downstairs on Christmas morning and find all kinds of great presents under her tree. But her holidays were Chinese food and a stocking in the trailer they use at the lot to stay near the trees so no one would steal them. I mean, Chinese food is a time-honored holiday tradition for a lot of people. That's not, yeah. that's, that's like a thing. <laughs> And she is crapping all over it. And her friend, a Jewish person who said she never celebrates Christmas, is sitting there listening to her complain about everyone enjoys Christmas but me. Sounds like a wonderful person to be around. Right? And I love how the movie brings up how awful it is to be the person in the room who's going on and on about how great Christmas is and expecting everyone else to agree with you when people have different cultural beliefs and different experiences. But then this movie is that person. This movie is that exact person. It has no self-awareness about that. That sounds like Hallmark. The movie's like, these people are terrible. I <laughs> get it. But she'll get the Christmas spirit and it solves everything. Like, no, that is literally the problem. <laughs> anyway, she, she hates her family. She hates her Christmases. And she can't fathom anybody not enjoying the Christmas season. And now that she's a businesswoman with a loft apartment, with a doorman, she's too good to be selling trees. That's wild. Yeah. So... Her friend just tells her, it's your family and you need a job. Suck it up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because just like, even if it's like, God, I hate this. This is the worst. I never wanted to do this again. Like, this is a time where you like buckle down and you're just like, okay, fine, whatever. You need the work. You can help your family. It's three weeks. Suck it up. And she's like, fine. So Lisa decides to call her parents and get with the program. She's in. At least she does the right thing in the end. I mean... After completely ignoring her friend's feelings. I mean, the thing I love about that interaction is that her friend goes, of course, still Jewish. Like, uh, something at least forgets all the time <laughs> that other people have different cultural experiences than her. Maybe she does. 
you know, I'm, I'm sure it's not the first time Elisa's like, oh, how's your Easter going? Oh, how's your Feast of the Epiphany? I don't know. Other holidays. <laughs> yeah, Feast of the Epiphany. Very common Christian holiday that, that they celebrate. <laughs> uh, what are you getting up for Lent there, Nance? And she's like, still Jewish. I should remind you every day. Super not Catholic. <laughs> Do you understand that Jewish people are not Christian? <laughs> Anyway, I hate Elise now, so good job, Hallmark. You did it. I was on her side for the coffee shop and getting fired, and now I hate her. So, we cut to a truck, driving down the city streets with maybe 20 trees in the bed, hauling an Airstream trailer. Cut to Elise, who forgot to set her stove this time, so the two alarm clocks are not enough to get out of bed, and she's late. She hauls it down the streets, telling a charity collector of one of those buckets and a bell, sorry, strictly plastic these days, because she's awful. <laughs> If you're not going to give money, that's fine. But don't, like, rub it in their faces. Rub it in their face. <laughs> I mean, if this movie was made today, she'd be like, sorry, it's all in crypto right now. <laughs> and I've said, like, people have asked me, we're like, I don't have any cash on me. I'm sorry, which is generally yeah. true. But, like, I would never just, like, offer the information to them. I don't go out of my <laughs> way to say <laughs> exactly. it. And I don't go strictly plastic. <laughs> like, it's something to be proud of. <laughs> So when she gets to the lot with her cousin, she's shocked when the trees need to be unloaded and set up in the lot. What? Did she's work? She's worked this farm for like years I of her know, life. Man, yeah. She literally says something like, "Oh, I, I repressed that memory. Or I forgot all about that, or something." No, you don't. That's like twenty years of your life that you had to put towards the tree farm. Apparently not for Elise. She's also completely dressed up like in her business attire because she's been told to expect a call for interview at any moment in case the headhunter gets her an uh, interview. You could just bring a set of clothes. She knows that, right? Apparently, she does not. <laughs> Seems very complicated. I mean, they literally have a trailer they used to live in at the lot that she could change in, but an extra set of clothes is a bridge too far. And she's like in a different town now, right? Like she went to a different town. No, no, to be the with lot her is in Manhattan. Oh, it is. Okay. They bring the Crees to Manhattan to sell on the street lot, and she now has moved to the city from the tree farm. And does not want to be associated with the lot, even though, again, her family would come every year and she would not visit the lot because she hated it so much. That's insane. Yeah, no, it is Hallmark logic. <laughs> Cut to the best person in this movie, Colin Mockery. <gasps> really? Yeah. I mean, I love him. I'm sad that he's in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Daniel. He plays the villain. It's great. No, it makes Oh, yeah, now I want to watch it. Not going to lie. <laughs> You can find it on YouTube in very bad quality. Yeah. Excellent. I like him a <laughs> I lot. Recommend. <laughs> I don't just, I just like like him in general. Colin Mockery is a lot of fun. Yeah. And he is, you know, he is doing his best to play the villain, a humorless villain. You take the comedian, you hire the comedian to play the humorless villain. Good choice, Homer. <laughs> does he pull it off? Oh yeah, he's great. He, he, he does. It's, it's, he's wonderful. He actually has, you know, good acting chops and everything. Not that anyone else's movie is a bad actor, but he's clearly like, you know, putting some effort in more than he really should be i love that so this is gary dixon he's talking about his new flagship furniture store what this store sells is never made clear <laughs> he has recently bought this store from the previous owner and he's making it his flagship store for his chain of stores that sell indeterminate things and being all hard-assed to his employees about making sales everyone is on a 30-day trial now that i bought this store and it's the same store the sidewalk of which is where they have an agreement to let the christmas tree lot be set there up. it is i was gonna ask you what the tie-in was to the christmas tree store because usually be like a competing christmas tree store or something <laughs> No, no, no. The the front, I, I don't know how this works at New York. I mean, I see these lots go up, so I guess this must be how they work, but I've never actually thought about it for more than half a second <laughs> because 
Why would you? Yeah, why would I? Everyone in this movie, all the random people in the movie care about Christmas tree lots way more than any real person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> well, but that's because they own Christmas tree lots. No, no. Even the, the, all the other, the random citizen people no. will get to that. It's insane. <laughs> That's true. I don't think much about Christmas tree lots except if I'm driving past one or in one. Yeah. So I don't know if like, I guess the buildings own the sidewalks uh, and they're not public rights of way. I don't know. So they lease them out to Christmas tree lots for a few weeks. That's interesting. I wonder if that's true. Yeah. I have no idea if that's true or not. It could very well be true, but that's what happens in this movie at least. Hmm. And I have seen Christmas tree lots set up on sidewalks. You know, they don't cover the sidewalk, but like around it. Yeah. I would so. assume, I mean, I assume they'd have to get some kind of permit or something, but I'd be interested to know if it, the business owns the sidewalk area or if it's yeah. like a city permit. Either way, Colin Mockery slash Gary Dixon is unhappy about this arrangement. Why does it block? Why? He walks outside and gets clocked by Elise as she's unloading a tree. Like, she swings a tree into it by accident. Oh, no. He's upset to learn the tree lot is covering the sidewalk. Apparently, they have a contract to use the space for the lot every year, so he can't, like, just, you know, tell them to go away to you know, pound sand. But he is not pleased about it. He ends up saying, my lawyers will fix this, and then you'll be gone. He claims that they, like, block the entrance to his store is going to, like, impede foot traffic. He's just very grinchy. It feels like it would bring foot traffic because they would be yeah, in the lot to get see attention. it. Yeah. Yeah. No. We'll find out later why he's so grinchy and it is nonsense. <laughs> but he is adamantly opposed to this lot and he wants nothing more in this world than to burn it down and see it go away. Yeah. You could even have, like, a uh, tie-in with the tree place to, like, have a sign there that's, like... You know, pointing to oh. the first store. Oh, they yeah. have the to manager. Like... The manager has so many good ideas to, uh, for cross promotional things that Gary here is not on board with. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. It's dumb because I feel like it would help business, not deter business. No, his hatred overshadows his business acumen. Clearly, Shane is despondent about this and how much Gary is going to get rid of them. And Lisa's all like, "Not a problem. We'll just find another sidewalk." And Shane is all, "It's too late. All the other good spots have been taken, and we've been here for years. Well, we're spot Manhattan. Maybe we'll never be able to come back at all." And so he's freaking out, and she's like, ah, "I'm sure it's fine." Do they really think they can like cancel this contract in the middle of the season? Like they would even let them ride? out their few weeks there. Gary is determined to make that happen one way or another. And he has, you know, big expensive lawyers and they are a small town tree farm. Wild. So <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. We return from commercial break with Elise sitting in the tree lot at the table playing on her phone. Yeah, I talk about that because they <laughs> use the commercial breaks to do weird cuts a lot. And it's very <laughs> obvious. <laughs> She's sitting at the tree lot table where the cashier box is, you know, playing on her phone, texting her headhunter. Who knows? A handsome man approaches her. Ooh. They banter a bit about like, oh, do you work here? She's like, well, I'm wearing the apron. She's like, oh, you could have stolen that from somebody. She's like, I'll pay someone to steal my apron. She's like, oh, how much? Yada, yada, yada. Basic flirty banter. Is he like six foot tall, white and brown haired? Uh, I think like a, a like a dirty blonde. But yeah, bit pretty much. Does he have a beard or is he clean cut? Oh, he's clean. Is he a farmer? What is he? Architect? Is he an architect? <laughs> oh, no, not an architect, Danielle. <laughs> but he's very much in that vein. <laughs> okay, perfect. I just want a good mental image of all Harmark people. Yeah, yeah. He is played by Eric Johnson. Sure. So, yeah, he is kind of a, you know, light brown, dark blonde, whatever you want to call it. Every man. Six foot tall, white dude with a very strong chin. But always. <laughs> Always. <laughs> they're always brunette, dirty blonde, and they're like over six feet, six feet or over, and they're like chiseled. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, Danielle, his appearance did not make an impact on me. No, he was like, not. oh, it's some white guy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I would say uh, until like uh, maybe 2013, probably a little bit later than that, they were all white. <laughs> Pretty exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> so they're bantering back and forth. 
And then Elise gets a message on her phone from could be from her headhunter. She tells the guy, "Hey, go talk to Shane. He'll help you with the trees. He knows all about them. I don't know anything about them. I'm just I'm terrible at this." And Shane is all like, "You know, way to blow it there, Elise." Yeah, she's very like loosey goosey with her family's entire money yeah. for the year. And Shane like comes up to her and chides her because you know, hey, maybe they could sell more trees if she actually you know talked to the customers instead of blowing them off. I'm on Shane's side. Yeah, and Elise just says. They're trees. People either buy them or not. And considering she works in marketing, what is she saying? (laughs) (laughs) The whole point of marketing is to get people to buy things they might not otherwise buy. (laughs) It's pretty basic. That's what your that's how your whole career is like. Maybe she deserves to be unemployed, Sam. <laughs> Maybe she was fired for more reasons than that, and the guy was just being nice to her, not to like you suck at your job. I'm firing you. He's just trying to let her down easy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that was the nice version of firing. We're just being yeah. like, way too critical. Yeah, it's like he's like, uh, why am I firing you? Yeah, um, your shoes. I'm not feeling the passion because you're not wearing our product, or uh, you clearly don't love it here. So I'm doing this for you. <laughs> And he's like, oh, that was close. She's just so awful at her job. She's dragging the whole company. That's the reason we have this terrible quarters, all because of her. She doesn't understand marketing at all. <laughs> she doesn't understand what shoes are. I don't remember, like, I told her to look at her feet. I meant that, like, do you notice your shoes are all backwards? Do you know how shoes work? You're wearing high heels backwards. How do you even walk here to work with your high heels on backwards? That'd be, that'd be a better movie. <laughs> I have to assume that's actually what was going on internally in that guy's head. <laughs> oh, I really hope so. I can, oh, I mean, I guess her lawsuit's a no-go now then. <laughs> he did say that out loud, though. He shouldn't have said that out loud. I mean, that's absolutely true. He did, he did give himself the liability there. Anyway, handsome dude just goes, I think I'll just browse and walks off. That's fair. Cut to a montage. One of many in this relatively <laughs> short movie. <laughs> Cut to a montage of Elise being bad at managing a tree lot and unhappy. She's still wearing heels. The best part of the montage, two guys pick up a tree and run. Just steal a tree <laughs> and run out of the lot. <laughs> it's great. I have a genuine question. If you put like even 30% effort into running something like a tree lot, yeah. like wouldn't it be decent enough? Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about tree lots or how to sell trees, but I still feel like I could talk to people and say, oh, do you need a tree? Yes, I can wrap it up for you. Right. Like, I don't, like, I'm not saying the business end of it. Like, maybe she doesn't know what to do on that end. That's fine. But, like, the actual just selling of the trees, it's got to be just general. Yeah, just general customer service. And she, as you said, works in marketing. She has to have that ability. Anyone who's worked a day in retail would be able to crush this, I'm sure. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm saying it's not a hard job. It's out, you're outside, it's cold, all that kind of stuff. A lot of retail jobs are hard. But, like, she is clearly putting no effort into it, and she could very easily be doing great at this, That's I what assume. That's what I mean. Like, bare minimum effort from her should theoretically be enough. like be enough to at least, like, look like she's trying. Nope. Apparently, she just lets two guys pick up a random tree and run off with it while she impotently screams after them. Also, it reveals that there was a man, a, a homeless man, squatting in the trees. Like, he made a little fort out of them and was hiding behind them. That's where he was living How for How is that even days. possible? How big is this lot? <laughs> Like, that they haven't wandered up and down, that people have not walked through his camp? Like, how is that possible? I do not know, Danielle. This lot is enormous. There is dirt on the lot. Like, the floor is dirt, even though they're on a side. I have no idea. None of this makes any sense. Do they haul in dirt from, like, a different place? I I don't know. I I, I don't know how... I don't know what the... I think Hallmark had a different set, maybe, for the lot or something, because none of this makes sense. I love the idea that they're like, we're in Manhattan on a city sidewalk, but let's bring in some dirt. (laughs) We gotta make it authentic. (laughs) 
I want to assume. I don't know. I've never been to a city tree lot. Sam, have you walked through a city tree lot? I mean, uh, there's one that is on sort of one of the roads I usually walk to work, and it's just a few trees on the other side of the sidewalk. <laughs> there's not like, the, like there's not like a dirt field with trees in it. No. <laughs> It's just like it puts it like the, the tree lawn or would be a tree lawn or other sides of the sidewalk. And it has a little machine that has like they'll wrap up the tree for you if I put it through and it like drops up in the net. And that's it. Perfect. They do hang some lights around it, which is nice. But no, this lot is enormous. <laughs> it is the size of my apartment. It is huge. <laughs> it's the size of a store. It's insane. Anyway, that's that montage. So after that montage, we continue the next day. Elise's friend has brought her a pizza, and then Gary shows up, distressed that they're still there, that the Christmas tree lot hasn't magically vanished overnight. <laughs> How would that even happen? He's, oh, he's more like this, oh, you're still here? Like, derisively. She tries to offer him a free tree, you know, that she can put in his store window, you know, maybe spruce up a bit, because the store display windows are very bland. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's a great idea, what a great cross-promotion. See this great tree? Got it at the lot next door. See our great trees? You can see them in that store, how they look. And as she's trying to pass him the tree, she ends up shoving a pizza slice on onto his coat and like just getting <laughs> stuck there because that's how life apparently works. <laughs> aside from her personality being entirely grinch her personality is also entirely clumsy because you know that's how people are in these movies clumsy is their personality well that's like a, a thing gary unsurprisingly does not go for this deal and then goes inside to call his lawyer but no loopholes have been found in the contract yet and he's like keep looking because unlike kermit they had a lawyer look at their contract. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kermit could have learned from dealing with a Gary. You know, he would have actually read the contract and signed it, being confident that he wasn't going to get shafted by some random crazy woman. And Kermit would have been like, well, we have to give them all of our money by tonight or we're not going to be able to keep our tree lot. <laughs> we have to put all our trees on the roof of his store because that's what the contract I signed says for some reason. <laughs> Poor Kermit. Great guy. Terrible businessman. <laughs> Absolute trash at business. You don't ever change my mind. <laughs> if he wasn't trash at business all the time, the Muppets wouldn't constantly be on the brink of being broke. I agree with you. And I really feel like it's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie really drive that point home. All right. We got to Elise that evening agonizing over bills when her mom calls to check in. Elise is like, all right, I'll be honest. It's not going well. <laughs> I can't. Somehow I just can't sell trees. These are now that we've been here for like many years. <laughs> I mean, despite the fact that I'm doing literally nothing to try to sell these trees, we're not selling any trees. It's inexplicable. <laughs> no idea why we're not selling trees. How weird. But at least just doesn't say all that. She just says, I don't know how you did so many years. And her mama's all, well, it's about bringing joy to others. It's hard. But trees are also, they give people hope. And he's like, wait, how do trees give people hope? And her mom just ignores the question. <laughs> Supposed to bring light and like uh, life into the, the dark of the winter. Isn't that the original purpose of the German Christmas tree? But like... I don't understand how trees give people hope. I mean, they give you light and life, sure. But like, I don't know if I say, oh, yes, that pine tree gives me so much hope for the future. <laughs> we cut it down. It will no longer live. But I'm hopeful that one day. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of spring and I can't wait for that, maybe. But I wouldn't be like, I am no longer worried about climate change <laughs> or bills because I have a tree. <laughs> So I don't buy it. But apparently this pep talk is enough for Elise. She is now all in no. on this Christmas tree Seriously? lot thing. Oh, yes. She is 180 degrees. She dresses appropriately. No, I shows don't up understand. on time for the Wait, next no, shift. no, no. Back it up. No, no, no. <laughs> there is no explanation, Danielle. There's no explanation. Her mom's all like, it's all about giving hope and bringing the Christmas spirit. And she's like, you've convinced me, mom. This thing I've hated since I was a child. I am on board now. I'm so mad about this. I, I told you, all these people's motivations make no sense. Why she hate Christmas? She 
had to work a few weeks during the year. That's even more believable than this moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait to tell you where we get Kalamakeries about face because you know what's coming. No, oh, gosh, mad. Get mad, Daniela. Get mad. It gets worse. Oh, I told you I was so mad watching this movie. There was not a moment during this movie I wasn't angry about something. <laughs> It was very hard for me to, to do this movie. I It took me longer than it should have. I kept stopping it to go, like, walk off the anger, walk around a few minutes. <laughs> Peace. I appreciate your effort. <laughs> oh, so mad. I won't be expecting a Christmas present in the mail. <laughs> That's good, because I don't even have your address right now. I gave it to you. Oh, yeah, I forgot. All right. It's been a, it's been a very long week, Danielle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I asked for yours, because I couldn't, like, because you moved. Yeah, I, I sent you a couple of lizards. It's fine. <laughs> lizards. Did you poke holes in the boxes? They're, they're, I know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Except that neither of them were lizards, unless you count a dragon as a lizard or an axolotl as a lizard. <laughs> axolotl. I don't know what axolotl. I think axolotl might be an amphibian, or maybe it's just a sea creature. I don't know. But the skink is definitely a lizard. Don't worry, everybody. They're not alive. <laughs> They're definitely plastic, and it's a skink, which is definitely a lizard. It's a dragon. Its name is Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deborah the dragon. Deborah the dragon. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, can't believe Lord of the Sky is still alive and well in your heart. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. We're getting off track here. <laughs> Back to this infuriating movie. <laughs> Elise decides she's going to try a bit harder now, basically, is what she decides to do. She dresses appropriately. She shows up on time to her next shift, during which a father approaches with her young son. It's his first time picking out the tree, and he's nervous. So Elise is volunteered by her cousin to be the one to take them around the lot to find the tree. She does this whole like, little song and dance. She gives the kid a candy cane. And it's like, no one should pick out a tree on an empty stomach. And it's all like, okay, let's go pick out a tree. Here's a little trick I learned from doing this. I grew up on the farm with these trees. You know, I know all about them. She goes around each tree, finds the one he loves, does a great job, knocks out the park. Elise, total pro. Okay, but why is he nervous about picking out a tree? Because he's like six. So the kid's nervous, not the parent. Yeah. That's fine. The kids are okay. sorry. <laughs> I'm like, is his wife really terrible? No, no. The father's like, oh, it's the kid's first time picking out a tree, so he's nervous. Makes sense. Got it. Sorry. That was not... Again, it's much funnier if the guy's like, I'm an adult. I've never been on a Christmas tree before, and I'm very nervous. Can you walk me through it? He's like, the wife cane. told me I had to come out and get the tree, and I'm getting a little nervous about it. She's not very nice. <laughs> Given how serious people are about Christmas trees in this movie, I would not be surprised if everyone was like, this is a life or death situation. You gotta help me, lady. <laughs> anyway, total pro. She remembers all the names of the trees. She knocks out the park. Suddenly, guess who shows up, Danielle? Um, the six foot tall, chiseled jaw, uh, sandy blonde haired man. Or brown haired man. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> yeah, he's there. <laughs> His appearance, again, was just white cookie cutter love interest. Eric something, right? <laughs> Eric? You mean his, his actor name? Yeah, we well, didn't give me his real name. That's <laughs> <laughs> his real name. Eric Johnson's his real name. I meant his real name in the movie. <laughs> oh, no. We don't learn his name for a very long time. It's a pattern in this movie. That's fun. So, handsome dude shows up. He's back and asks if Elise can help him find a tree. But nope, she's busy with the kids. Oh, wait, so... back up. So what was he there for last time? Danielle. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to get to this. This dude, he goes from zero to serial killer super quick. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she says she's busy with the current client so Shane can help him. And so then Shane takes the guy around to find a tree. <laughs> 
She's like, I don't want to help the beautiful man that's talking to me. I'm going to have my cousin help him. Well, to be fair, she's in the middle of helping a child pick out his first Christmas tree. Then he should have timed that better. Yeah. I mean, again, I will get to him. There is so much to say about the handsome dude later. Don't worry. We'll cover it. We cut to Gary talking to a store manager about how there's no foot traffic. And his manager is like, well, this price point you've set is a little bit different than our regular clientele expects. Again, what are they selling? I have no idea. <laughs> furniture, Sam. It could be furniture or it could be like department store stuff because they also sell ornaments, Christmas tree ornaments, which we'll get to. And how that could be a great cross promotion that Gary does not want <laughs> to have happen. Yeah, that would actually be really good. It is an amazing idea. Yeah. And Gary poo-poos it immediately, which we'll get to. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm so angry about that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a really good one for the Christmas tree salesmen to like throw off. Anyway, Gary is convinced that the real problem is the tree lot and not anything that he's done. So, <laughs> Of course not. Cut to Elise hanging Christmas lights on the lot when Bob, the homeless guy who was squatting there and apparently is still squatting there, helps her hang some of the lights. And she's like, you know what, Bob? Do you want a job? Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure, I'll take the job. And so she hires him as an assistant tree lot per- person. I don't know what they're called. Do they need <laughs> another person? Um, unclear, but they got one. Okay, I have a question then. If she can hire a fire which apparently she can, why did they even bother to let her on the lot? Why didn't they just hire some other random person to help Shane? Okay, okay, oof. First off, her mom's like, we always need to have one of our family running the lot. And apparently her cousin doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Shane! She literally said, we need to have one of the McReynolds running the lot. Like, I had to have a McReynolds there. I guess her Shane is not a McReynolds that by is, marriage or That is harsh. Or like, yeah, no, I, it is I, I'm really concerned about their family dynamics now. It's awful. So that's what her mom says for one thing. And also, I guess they didn't have the money to hire more help, obviously. But she hired somebody. But she just hired somebody. So I guess she's either going to make the Christmas tree lot broke by hiring more people than she should, or she is paying this poor homeless man way below market value and taking advantage of him. That's crazy. Either way, it is a bad look for her. Yeah, I mean, one thing if she was like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll give you a, a meal every day if you hang out for a couple hours and help out or something like that. But it was like, this does not sound like what the situation's going on. And even like a meal, if you help out, like that's that's probably worth less than minimum wage. Oh, sure. Which still not... But if he was going to be there anyway, regardless, she should either pay him for full value or she should be more upfront with it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But nope, he's now a staff member, full-time. Wild. Her friend then drops by to bring some food, because apparently that's all she does in this movie, and I don't know if that's a commentary on what Hallmark thinks Jewish people do, but apparently providing food. because she's Jewish, Sam. Yeah, I was going to say, Hallmark really knows how Jews work. They got us down. I have, to be fair, uh, had a lot of food from Jewish people. Yeah. It seems to be the thing. Yeah, I'm not saying we don't do food well, but I'm saying other people do food as well. And there's more to Jews than just food. No, not in Hallmark movies. That's the <laughs> only sole purpose in life. You should be bringing me more food. Just to bring food and to be the token, oh, wait, these people also exist. Oh, Hallmark, please change. As she's dropping the food to Elise, she locks eyes with Shane, sparks fly. And now I want nothing more for this movie to be about them and a (laughs) Romeo and Juliet style like, she's Jewish. He runs a Christmas tree lot. (laughs) Can they find a way to overcome these obstacles and find love? Make it work. That's for, wait, what's the name of this movie again? For crazy (laughs) too. For crazy too. Jewish Boogaloo. (laughs) Oh, no. It can't be that. I was going to go with Fur Crazy 2, Verona Files. Okay. Right? Isn't that where Romeo and Juliet takes place? Yes. 
In the fair city of Verona, yes. Yeah, where, where we, they are seen, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How much do you remember of that opening? Uh, that might be it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, good job. <laughs> uh, but no, I would love to see the story of Shane and Nance's courtship and like her, her mother's like, you're dating a goy? You can't do that. <laughs> he sells Christmas trees for Moses' sake. We can't have that <laughs> happening here. And he's like, and, and Shane's family's like, we're trying to break into the McReynolds Christmas tree business. <laughs> you're not going to like make you a real member of the family and honorary McReynolds where you can run the lot by yourself if you're off dating outside the faith. Maybe they could have like a combination Christmas tree slash menorah slash I don't know other things (laughs) to like sell multiple holidays. The problem is, and what Hallmark movies and most people forget, is that Hanukkah is not an important holiday. No, it's not at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, But it would be in a a Hallmark movie. We gotta like start small, Sam. I mean, what they should really do is combine their resources so they have the Christmas tree lot in the winter and they can use the unsold trees to make the sukkah for Sukkot during the, uh, in the, during the other parts of the year. There you go. Yeah. So they can have a sukkah and they can have the Christmas tree lot and they can like use the same resources for both. Perfect. Problem solved. <laughs> I don't know if we went too far with that uh, <laughs> episode or not. We'll find out. <laughs> that may get a little bit defensive. It's okay, Sam, because you're Jewish and I buy Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also bought Christmas trees. Daniel. I'm not like, uh, what's wrong for observant or <laughs> devout? Isn't it like the rule that you can make fun of your own stuff? You just can't make fun of other people's stuff? Yeah, pretty much. But like, you know, we're making fun of how Hallmark perceives <laughs> other cultures and its biopic focus on Christmas, I should say. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, that would be a much better movie, but we don't have that movie. We have this movie. Boo. <laughs> so Elise plugs in the lights, but it blows a fuse for the lot and the building, because apparently they're just siphoning power off the building, <laughs> the, the store. <laughs> They've been doing this for four years. Like, this is this can't be a new phenomenon. Not for four years. For dozens of years. Oh. For whole life. It'd, yeah, but I'm talking about in front of the... No, yeah. In the front of this store for 40 the years. entire time. As many years as they've been doing it. That's crazy. This is just the first time Gary has bought this building, and now he's the new landlord oh, of the lot. I was listening, I swear. That's okay. I'm sure I may have skipped over that part, and also, it's not important. <laughs> he's just the evil dude. Speaking of, Gary comes out and is furious. As Shane and the manager go off to fix the circuit breaker, Elise, again, puts a foot in her mouth by talking to him and trying to, like, assuage him, and does not go well. And he storms off. Shocking. The next morning, the lot is hopping. Elise is filming the lot on her phone for her parents in what I think must be a very early iPhone product placement, maybe one of the first, because it's all like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I'm I'm taking a video on my phone to send to my parents because they can't be here, which is something I can do now. (laughs) Apparently, I can make videos on my phone. It's 2013. Isn't it a miracle? Again, that's not untrue. Like, the iPhone came out in, like, 2009, something like that. I do not know. I know I had a flip phone in 2008, so... (laughs) Yeah, me too, so go us. (laughs) My point is, this is so clearly a product placement, and they didn't quite know how to do it, so it was very badly done. I loved that flip phone. It was orange, and it was so satisfying to, like, finish conversations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I and it was that. fun. It was that. like a good, like, fidget thing. Like, you could open, close, open, close, open, close with your thumb. Yeah. You can get uh, flip smartphones now, and they are great, I guess, but they are not as satisfying as those snappy little... They're super not. Anyway, apparently this morning, all the weirdos are out in the lot. A jerk kid is just punching some of the trees and... <laughs> As jerk kids do. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, is Santa real? And she's like, I, don't, I can't legally tell you the answer to that question, which is like, just lie. Say yes. What's wrong? <laughs> Why can't she legally tell him the answer to that question? I don't know. She just says that. And then a drug office worker tries to make out with a tree because apparently the Christmas party they were at went a little overboard. Is this in the morning? It feels like it's about 7 a.m. <laughs> is this but like post-Christmas party? I I have no idea. It could be 4 p.m., but then it would be dark. So I have no <laughs> idea what time of year, what time it is in this. It's crazy. It's post-Christmas party. And he's making out the tree and he's drunk, although it is lit like it's 9 a.m. It's crazy. It's like he's like, they got done at 2 or 3 in the morning. They went karaokeing after the Christmas party. Now he's just wandering the streets. He hasn't sobered up yet. And he's making out with the Christmas that trees. Is a distinct, that is a distinct <laughs> possibility. And yeah, that is probably what happened. I have to I assume. That. I have to assume that's the character development of this character. Only possible explanation. So now we cut to Gary going to some fancy building with a flower. Mysterious. Did you want? Mysterious flower. Hmm. The building is mysterious, and his action is mysterious, but not the flower. It's just a flower. <laughs> it's not like a mysterious. It's like a, a man-eating flower. It's not Audrey. It's not. It's a yellow lily, Danielle. It's not. It's not a mysterious flower. Okay. <laughs> this movie has a lot of like brief cuts, which go nowhere. I don't love it. <laughs> we cut to Elise. Up before her alarms go off. She's perky in the morning now. Happy. Look at the tree. Lots of best thing ever happened to okay. her. Okay. No. Because you're not a morning person. You're not a morning person. Like, it just. She's a morning person now, that's Danielle. Just not the trees how, have made not her how it works. Like, I don't care how much you love your job, how excited you are about the day. Like, if you're not a morning person, it is hard to get up in the morning. <laughs> nope. Apparently, working at Christmas tree lot is all it takes to make Elise get up before her alarms even go off. You know, alarm needs to set her stove alarm. No. <laughs> apparently. I don't believe that because I don't believe her turnaround in the first place. Well, I don't tell you. It's all here on the page in black and white. That's what happens. Boo. At the lot, she's trying to load a tree into the trunk of a cab, which, no freaking way. I don't think a cab <laughs> would let that happen. <laughs> You'd be like, what are you doing? Get that out of my car. And the older woman for whom she, this tree is for is all, what you need is a big, strong man to help. And then handsome guy appears to help because, you know, speak of the devil and he shall appear. He's a stalker. I have a question for you. When yeah, sure. you get your Christmas trees, do you drag them down the sidewalk to your apartment? I don't get Christmas trees for my apartment. I've never done that. You've never gotten a Christmas tree once while you've lived there? No. Really? Why? Why would I? I don't know, because some people really like Christmas trees. That's fine. I appreciate that, but I would have lived in a studio. I would have no place to put it. I don't know how big your studio was. Somehow I never managed to get there in the million years you lived there. <laughs> yeah, so that's your new day. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I mean, I would get a fake one, maybe. Interesting. Because you can put it in a closet and it doesn't die. It doesn't leave needles everywhere. I was just curious because in When Harry Met Sally, they take the tree, but then they have to drag it down the sidewalk to get to their apartment. Well, that's your touchstone for everything Christmas in New York. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It is a Christmas in New York movie. <laughs> no, I never had this experience in else, so I do not know how it works. <laughs> you know okay all. What's the point of you even living there if you're not going to inform me on the practices of New Yorkians? New Yorkians? <laughs> like, totally they say that's wrong. <laughs> Okay, you Oregonite. <laughs> New Yorkers. I'm just being obnoxious. Continue on. Oh, what else is new? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't have an answer for that. But apparently a cab is the answer they have here. So a handsome guy helps her because apparently she couldn't do it on her own. And he needs a big, strong man to help. I mean, isn't that always the way? Yeah, it is. Apparently in these movies, the Hallmark universe, which is a dark and terrible universe. <laughs> it is. So Lisa, all, thank you, and it's you, again. And the guy tells her, you know, I'm sort of a regular here. I bought three trees already, which rightly astounds Elise. Why does she have, why? Is he, is he like Ooh. putting trees, is he buying them for separate buildings? Ooh, Danielle. No, no. I don't like this. <laughs> 
Danielle. I'm so gets, concerned. You should be. This dude admits he's been coming by every day to try to talk to her. And rather than simply leaving when she's busy or waiting a few minutes for her to finish up with whatever customer she's with, he would just buy a tree and leave because you're like, oh, I guess I have to go buy a tree now. Otherwise, it's weird for me to be here. No, that's so weird. And this is all very normal, not at all something a serial killer would do. (laughs) I would be so concerned. (laughs) He is 100% a serial killer. He comes, like, he says, like, he walked by this way on his way to work. Fine. But why do you keep buying the trees? You can just say, no, I'll, I'll wait for her at least. I want to talk to her. And apparently just spotting the tree girl is enough to get his motor running. No, that's so weird because there's so many reasons you could make to like talk to somebody or even just flat out say, hey, I'm interested in you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like bring her coffee, bring her like breakfast. There's like a zillion things he could be doing on his way past that. And the insane part is he's doing that now. Like, he's making an overt overture, but he felt the need to buy three trees prior to this because apparently it was so awkward. No. This man is 100% a murderer. Crazy pants McGee, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. He asks her out, and she responds, I'm on a dating hiatus right now. And he answers, well, what if it's not a date? Because apparently he can't take a hint. (laughs) What if we just go out for coffee to people together who may one day be interested in each other, but it's not a date, I swear. (laughs) He's clearly one of those dudes who doesn't know how to take a no, and it's not helping his image, in my opinion, at all. 2013. I mean, those people still exist. They you know? 100% exist. I'm just saying that you saw more of them in 2013. Well, you saw more positive portrayals of them in 2013, at least. Yes, exactly. He introduces himself as Darren Foster. <laughs> okay, Eric Crazy Bands McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Foster, or Darren, for henceforward. And she's all like, oh, I guess we could hang out, but how do I know you're not a killer? Good question. Because he is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> He's 100%. He's not like, oh, I can show the bodies in my fridge, but that would be the opposite. <laughs> Kidding. Uh-huh. No. What he does instead, which is not a serial killer thing to do, is he pulls out his wallet and starts, like, here's my driver's license. Here's my credit cards. Here's my library card. Okay, like, that apparently doesn't this... prove that you're not a serial killer. I know. Serial killers can have ID, too. They can get credit cards. <laughs> like, in fact, a lot of them I probably would, already have them. I would imagine that most of them have those yeah. items in their possession. Yeah. But apparently, that's good enough for a lead. She's like, all right, you've proven to me you're not a murderer by very common items any person could have. Also, how about you didn't kill this Darren Foster and take his identity and steal his possessions and are now wearing his skin? I don't know that. To be fair, I mean, every stranger you meet could potentially be a serial killer. So, you know. Sure. But this guy has bought three Christmas trees from this lot just to get close to her. He is way beyond your normal person you pass in the street. That's very true. Anyway, so while Elise agrees to a date the next day at 2 o'clock, I am less convinced by this than ever that he is not a lunatic. Yeah, I think he's crazy. Cut to the date. Darren is telling her that he's a teacher of fourth and fifth grade students. Oh, math I and should science. have guessed. Teacher. I was going to say, you didn't guess teacher. It's the obvious answer after architect. It is. Those are the only two jobs that they ever have. Sometimes it's like a corporate CEO if it's a rich person. Well, if it's like something that is benevolent. Yeah. But no, obviously he has to be a teacher of children to show that he is a good child rearer. And probably not a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a serial killer, though. I mean, you can be a teacher and a serial killer. You can be a clown and a serial killer. I, I Look mean, at John Wayne Gacy. Okay. Well, I think the like the crossover between clowns and serial killers is probably much higher than teacher and serial killers. <laughs> I don't know, Danielle. If I was working in the public school system, That's like fair. he says he is, and I had to deal with all the parents and kids, I might get a little murdery. I've just known a lot of teachers. I wouldn't yeah, be overly yeah. surprised if some of them snapped and murdered all the <laughs> parents, probably. 
Yeah, th- that's what I'm getting at. Now. You're going to put up with that abuse from that low of pay and that little respect? I would be furious. Yeah, they generally like the kids. It's the parents they have a problem with. Yeah, the kids are great. It's the parents. And the school system. <laughs> and like, or like, yeah. The school like, board. Yeah, the, school yeah, the administrators. <laughs> yeah. That actually probably would go quicker than the parents. Uh, depend, but yeah. I'm going to we're in agreement on this. <laughs> well, we both know teachers. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway, he's a teacher, so clearly dreamboat. And then they decide to spontaneously go ice skating because at least used to go all the time as a kid. Every time they used to come, they used to go ice skating. Is she rediscovering her love of the holiday season? Danielle, it's like you've seen a Hallmark movie before. Oh my gosh, totally not ever. (laughs) (laughs) I had a brief moment of worry that you might have already seen this one because I know your penchant for these types of movies. Okay, I'll be honest. I have not watched a ton of Hallmark movies, though I've seen a fair number of them, especially if I'm like spending holidays at other people's houses that have the Hallmark channel. I do not have the Hallmark channel. But... Every plot of a Hallmark movie is exactly the same. So even if I had seen this one, probably couldn't tell you that I've seen this one. (laughs) This is a similar plot where the high-powered businesswoman has to go back to her small town and falls in love with the local hunk she knew as a kid. Yeah. But this is more high-powered businesswoman falls in love with the local hunk while still in the big city. So it's very different. (laughs) It's totally different. Can't believe it. Yeah. But yeah, they're exactly the same, Sam. Hallmark. Yeah, 100%. All Hallmark movies. Yeah, no kidding. Paint by numbers. So anyway, Elise is an expert in ice skating. Darren, however, is a first timer and it's pretty much exactly what you would expect. Darren falls a lot and he falls pulling Elise on top of him, but then says, I meant to do that. Are you impressed? And Elise goes, yes. And I'm going, he's a serial killer. He's going to murder you. (laughs) It's creepier if he meant to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's absolutely creepy. He's like kind of cop a feel or something. It's terrible. So she hasn't skated since she was a kid and she's somehow really great at it still. I mean, I'm sure it's like muscle memory. Sure, but I still feel like you at least have a couple of run-throughs where you'd be like, a little wobbly. Haven't done this in 15 years. No, we don't see that. We we spent about four seconds (laughs) on the ice where Darren falls a whole bunch and Elise just sort of stands there next to him on her skates. We don't actually see her skate at all, really. So to distract him, he asks Elise to tell him her life story now that he told her his. Did he actually tell her his life story? I mean, we we got there in media res. Who knows okay. how much he actually told her before he got to teach her. So she does and how she works in marketing or would be if she hadn't been fired. And then Darren's all, but the tree lot is nice. Working outside, meeting new people. Why don't you love that? And then they're about to kiss when a punk kid cuts between them, <laughs> knocking Darren over. She saved him from a serial killer. Or he, they, they saved them from a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, that kid's a hero. And unfortunately, we never get to thank them for their hard work. <laughs> we come back from commercial break. Elise and Darren are walking down the street telling work stories when they end up back at the tree lot with, wouldn't you know it? mistletoe hanging above them. Oh, shocking. Darren goes for it, kissing her, while Shane watches, assembling tinsel with a hand motion that can only describe as not (laughs) PG-13. Seriously, if you watch this, which I recommend, watch specifically for Shane's hand motion while they're kissing. It is uh, either hilarious or disturbing, depending on your perspective, because he is her cousin. Maybe they're like third cousins. Uh, they're like kissing cousins. Clearly, he's not a close enough cousin to run the lot by yeah, himself. Yeah, exactly. He's probably like a distantly related cousin. They're like, uh, they're like, oh, I guess we'll have Shane on board again. Maybe it's like a weird thing. Like he's been traded to the family as working in, in servitude. It's like an indentured <laughs> servant, so they call him cousin. Because it's even worse if he's like a regular there, and they're like, oh, hey, cuz. Like it's like a thing, and he's not allowed to like run it by himself. <laughs> no, no, no. I had to imagine like he's like debt bonded to them in some way. <laughs> 
And this family is like very like we have the family. If you're not of the family, you are lower class. <laughs> Maybe they run a Christmas tree mafia. <laughs> oh, I like to think more of like a, a, a Christmas tree feudal kingdom. Okay, first off, this movie would be amazing if they ran a Christmas tree mafia, and then the Colin Mockery was like slowly being hounded to like letting them stay on the property they're like he has the paper like cracks the case wide open yeah, yeah. yeah he's like wait a minute and he turns like state's witness against them has a new owner he won't be yeah, count yeah. out he's the actual hero of the story yeah you go colin yeah he'll not bend to the demands of the family of christmas he will stand strong and he will be whacked for in, in the east river but he knows he died a hero. Better story. Better story. <laughs> Impaled on a Christmas tree, like the Shrike would do. Okay, you said that we were getting away from Hyperion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just right there. I had to. Do you think that the Shrike, like, dresses up his uh, <laughs> the Christmas tree, tree for the holidays? I honestly believe during the holidays he covers it in tinsel. Just a little and- star on top. <laughs> Yeah, because he's part of the once now in that universe obscure sect of Catholicism. Love it. I can imagine he drapes also like ornaments on his own spikes to make himself more festive. Ooh, and do you think he like hangs stuff on the people that are like tinsel on the people that are like on the tree? Oh, writhing in agony on the tree? Yeah, 100%. And he puts like a little red Rudolph like clown nose on wood. <laughs> he's like, on the top of the tree, he has the crown like, you're the leader. <laughs> I love DJ Shrek. He's so fun. He is such a kidder. (laughs) Such a jokester, DJ Shrek. (laughs) I feel so bad for Simmons that we like take it. I I hope he never listens because he'll be like, Is that what these people think I'm writing about? These people are A, idiots, and B, I'm so sad. Christmas strike. <laughs> no, of course the strike doesn't celebrate Christmas. The, the strike is an imposing medicine figure. He doesn't drop sick beasts at the time tombs. With kittens? <laughs> Tinsel? That's ridiculous. How dare they? How dare they tarnish my my monster with their oh, ludicrousness? Gosh. Okay. Ludiocracy. What's the word? I don't know. I'm super into Holiday Strike, but that's okay. Uh, DJ Strike's Christmas party. Christmas mix. I would go. (laughs) It's going to be that Christmas album that was all dogs barking, but with kittens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I want that so much. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. We gotta get back to this. <laughs> okay, continue uh, on. Story, sorry. Which, unfortunate, because those are all better stories. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after the kiss, Darren asks to see her again, and Lisa's all, you know, I'm so busy with the lot, and I'm in rebound mode right now. I just, I don't know if this is a good time. You can't kiss a man that is serial stalking you, and then tell him that you're not into him. Well, what I write is literally... I'm sure Darren will take this first date rejection and try to move on like a total non-jigsaw type killer. <laughs> he definitely will buy a fourth tree. <laughs> oh, Danielle, did you see him to the future? <laughs> I hope he's donating these trees to like people in need or something. Oh, Danielle, we'll get to that. Oh, no. <laughs> he's chopping them up and putting them in his freezer because he's a tree killer. <laughs> No, 
Also, Elise, you know, maybe just take it slow. You don't have to go into, like, full-on relationship mode. You can just have a few casual dates with this dude. Yeah, I don't know why it went from zero to 60, just because he kissed the dude. You could just still be like, you know, I'd really like to take this slow. Just got to have a bad relationship. Or also, if you're Darren, be like, sure, why don't we reconvene after the holidays, which are a well-known-to-be-fraught time for people. So we can always pick this up, you know, in two or three weeks, and you'll call me, and we can we can set a date for that. Agreed. Like, it doesn't have to be today or never. No, that wouldn't make any sense. It's a, it's a movie that is set over the holidays. <laughs> well, what, 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 my mistake, Danielle. I'm like halfway through my notes. This is bad. Oh my God. You were so there much is so trouble. much insanity in this movie. Hey. I regret it. You did such a good job with the Muppets Christmas Story thing, Thank where you. it was like it was like an hour long, nice, tight focus. This is a bottomless well of insanity <laughs> and, and diversion. Now you and know it's what? Be seven of, okay, hours. you laugh at me because all of my uh, notes are like a million pages long, but I do a lot of these kind of stories and now you know why. <laughs> yeah, I do a Hyperion and they're not usually this long and that thing's nothing but insanity. So I get it. But also like, oof, Hallmark is <laughs> another beast. I was not prepared for Hallmark. <laughs> I, mean, I can handle your crazy space operas, but Hallmark is a bridge too far. <laughs> So that night, Elise is standing in the tree lot, cold and tired, but resists Shane's offer that she can go inside the trailer and warm up for a while, take a break, because that trailer is what she stayed in as a kid and she hates it. Oh my god, that's a stupid reason to freeze to death. Yeah, well, Shane apparently talks her into it because I agree, it's a stupid reason, and she goes inside, and it's all decked out in Christmas decorations, and nostalgic music starts playing as Elise looks around with a smile. She then fondles her Christmas stocking, and Shane tells her to wait until Christmas, and Elise responds, what, do you have eyes in your ears or something which what <laughs> what does that mean what did he hear so good he saw her handling the the stocking is that i mean what i don't know what that means and it kind of gives me a body horror vibe yeah, of like sounds creepy i don't want i don't want eyes in my ears yeah like remember the beetlejuice when she got her eyes to go into her mouth yeah like oh yeah yeah. Just a weird so, movie. Anyway, I'm just going to skip this whole little music video of her finding her childhood stuffed animals in the caravan because I don't care. Perfect. The next morning, the lot is hopping again. Bob is helping kids write letters to Santa, and the store manager comes out to hang some ornaments on a little Charlie Brown-style Christmas tree because he's like, hey, I saw this little Christmas tree. I thought it might look good some ornaments. You might actually sell it. And also, people might come into the store to buy some of these ornaments if they see them on the tree. Oh, hey, cross promotion that we're not going to do. Oh, he loves it. He puts it on there. A guy turns around and says, hey, is that tree for sale? Does it come with the ornaments? And he's like, it does. Like, you sold. I wasn't going to even buy a Christmas tree, but you know, you can't be too lonely on Christmas. And we don't know anything more about that guy except he buys a sad tree with an ornament on it. Okay. Just one ornament? <laughs> it's like two. Put two on there. Crazy. How does he get it out of there? The tree? Yeah. It's like, it's like two feet tall. Oh, it's a short one. It's just a Charlie Brown style tree. Well, that could be a tall Charlie Brown style tree. Danielle. Have you ever seen a Charlie Brown Christmas special yes, of any kind? Of course. What kind of tree does he always have? It's like a little. It does has it has the big spaces in between the leaves. It has a tiny tree that falls over. The point is, it's a small tree. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't remember the small part. I just remember that it's like a big, big sparsely. Famously, it's a tiny tree that is looks very sad. No, say famously for me is that it's really sparsely like leafed. <laughs> Pined. Needled? I don't know what the needled. <laughs> <or> needled. <laughs> That's what I think of. I don't think of the height. I think of specifically that there's like these big gaps in between all the pine needles. All right. We're not going to argue that. I, I don't, I, I've actually never watched an entire Charlie Brown Christmas special. I just know from the zeitgeist. So let's just move on. <laughs> 
sad, Sam. Anyway, this whole cross promotion thing seems to be a big win-win for the store and for the lot, but then Gary rolls up, mad as heck about his ornaments being used without being paid for, and he writes up the manager for using the ornaments without paying for them out of his own pocket. Jeez, Colin Mockery, Gary, whatever your last name is. Dixon. <laughs> Dick. In. Meanwhile, the lights in the store are flickering again, thanks to the strain on them from the lot lights. I cannot imagine this is an actual problem, because if you, they've really been out there for 40 years or whatever, like, they haven't figured this problem out. Or I think that maybe Elise went overboard with the Christmas lights this year, well, then but then you just unplug a few strands yeah, and you're done. Yeah. Take down some lights. Oh, Danielle, I'll be very angry about this later. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> So anyway, Gary goes back into his store and then gets a nefarious idea, which we can tell is nefarious because the music tells us it's nefarious. He doesn't, like, put his fingers together and go, boha. No, he actually calls the phone and looks outside and says, you'll be gone soon. (laughs) Okay. We come back from commercial break and Elise spots Darren. He's back for another tree, Danielle. Tree four. Tree four. Serial killer. Back again. He's definitely a serial killer. He's just committed, Sam. Commit to serial killing, Danger, yes. Will Robinson, danger. 100%. But if you tried to break up with this guy in the future, it'd be awful. You know what the problem with trying to date a serial killer during the holidays, during Christmas is? All the red flags look like decorations. Oh. Yeah. Saw a joke. All right. Yeah. I'll give it to you. I'm proud of that one. I just came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> He's back for another tree because apparently he gave the other trees to his neighbors and then he needs another tree for the class Christmas party he's throwing for his children. I'm going to assume that's real because otherwise it's way creepier. I mean, the class Christmas party is real because he invites at least to the party. Every girl's dream, a elementary school Christmas party (laughs) full of other people's children. (laughs) I know that's where I want to go this holiday season. I love other people's children. (laughs) <laughs> right? Especially at an elementary school party. <laughs> What's up to love? She is on board. She is there. She is loving it. It's pre-pandemic, so, you know. I mean, I don't think that would make a difference to me. <laughs> the pandemic would only give me a convenience. She's like, oh, no, I can't go. How sad. They have jam hands. <laughs> jam hands? What? Kids have jam hands, Sam. It's an established fact. Oh, okay. Crazy. They have sticky, gross jam hands. <laughs> Mm, okay, right. I thought I was going to get hate mail in this episode, but thank you, Danielle, for taking that bullet. I love children. Children generally like me or love me as well, but they do have sticky jam hands, and no parent is going to like dissuade me of this notion because they're all going to agree with me. Danielle, you know for a fact that children have a bizarre attraction to my personality. Yes, you and I have that in common. Uh, I think I might win this round. <laughs> I'm just because you're like 50% child. <laughs> yeah, and again, not disagreeing with that fact, yeah, they but it doesn't pre- change. See, they like me because I speak to them like little mini adults. They like you because you have the high energy of a child. So, like, <laughs> They like me because I talk to them like adults, and then I also treat them like people. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but we, we have actually simultaneously worked with children together at the same time. I remember that at, at the uh, at high school, right? Yeah, so yeah. like, and then we both were universally liked by the children. <laughs> It's weird. I swear, we could pipe Piper the heck out of some children, Daniel. <laughs> if only we would use those resources for evil. And we could do such terrible things. But it's too bad we have morals, I guess. Or lazy? Too lazy? I guess it's lazy. I'm going to say it's like 70% lazy and 30% morals. Well, that's not a great ratio for us. <laughs> I guess uh, we could lead some children to some dangerous situations, but uh, who has the time? I mean, I guess we could lead them to a candy store. That's, that's, they'll take care of themselves from there. 
Oh, man. No, anyway, you and I, we would crush it at this party. (laughs) (laughs) Elise, less so. Is she bad with children? No, she's great. So she gets there, and the kids start ribbing Mr. Darren about, they don't even call whatever his last name is. I forgot Foster, because it's called Mr. Darren, because his last name is never mentioned again. That's more of an East Coast thing. I don't know if that's specific to the area that you live in, but I noticed that when I spent a long part of my life on the East Coast, is that people tended to call them like Mr. Joe or Miss okay. Susan or whatever. That was a thing. I never have anyone call me Mr. Anything, so I'm fine with it, whatever the case may be. <laughs> But anyway, they start ribbing Mr. Darren about like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And he's like, I don't know. And then Elise quickly pulls out some rather – you're whistling into the mic. I'm not whistling. Your nose is. (laughs) It is. I can't stop my nose. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I was just like, what is that whistling? Oh, Danielle's nose. Yeah. I don't know. First off, okay – I am sick. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky I'm able to do this without dying. (laughs) This is a catastrophe. (laughs) It was just a little bit of whistling. It hasn't done it the whole time. I know. I just was so distracted all of a sudden. I was whistling in my ear, like right into my ear. I didn't hear it, and now I just pulled my nose, so hopefully that'll be... Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I was just like, what what was that? I'm so like, (laughs) is there like a tea kettle going off in your... It was not that loud. I think you just heard it because it's the microphone. You have headphones on. Well, it was that loud in my ear is my point. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Elise quickly distracts the kids by pulling out some rather smashed cupcakes that she brought with her on the subway for this exact purpose. Aww. Cut to later. Elise is trying to wrap presents for some reason at this Christmas party while the kids grill (laughs) Elise about- whoa, whoa, whoa. She decided to wrap her own personal presents at this no. Christmas party. She's just wrap. I don't know whose presents these are, Danielle. She's just wrapping a present <laughs> at this party. Why? I don't know. But so that we can see her doing a very bad job of it, and so the kids can make fun of her and then like grill her about Mister Darren. What kind of crazy party is this that they're wrapping presents? Danielle, I'm gonna get. I'm, it's gonna get worse. I'll get into it. <laughs> They're like, how's your relationship with Darren? Are you dating? He's like, ah, it's complicated. Like, and then the kids are like, maybe you're just afraid of commitment because of bad how, experiences. Wait, how old are these They're kids? Ten. They're ten. No. <laughs> Darren literally makes the gag later. They're 10 going on 40. Like, it's a whole thing about how they're, like, act way older than they are. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so that's why this whole thing, that's why the whole rapping fiasco was happening for this exact joke. Darren then comes in dressed as Santa and propositions Elise in front of the kids as Santa. No, that's so scary. Which is not at all creepy or a thing a serial killer would do, which is let me wear this crazy <laughs> costume while we do weird things to each other in front of children. That's terrifying. That's going to, like, impact their entire thing about Santa. The kids all, like, know it's him and blow it off. And he then does the whole, like, Santa's lap thing, or the kids line up to get in his lap and tell them what they want, but they all know it's him, so I don't know why they're doing this. And here I am, obligated to remind you, this is a public school. I was just Having this party. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an absolutely insane thing to do at a public school like wow that is gotta be a violation of the establishment clause in many ways are the parents there i have not seen a single other adult wait so it's just like an is there is it during the day or evening i don't know it's inside (laughs) it's even worse if it's during the evening because then we're assuming that kids are just dropped off at this random holiday party with no parental i think it may have started during the day and it's gone into the evening (laughs) no (laughs) that's so weird this christmas party's been going on for as far as i can tell many hours <laughs> i have no sense of time this is either the best christmas party ever or it's the most terrifying christmas party ever i can't decide i mean honestly i may have missed it but i don't know if there are any windows in this room it's like a casino 
<laughs> he like stole the children. And he's he having this for them. Party. He's like, you're gonna have a holiday party whether you like it or not. And, and he's like, you all children, you must come to the party so I can show Elise that I'm good with children and she will love me then. And I can stop buying Christmas trees. <laughs> It's probably not even at the school. It's someplace else, and the and the parents are like all calling frantically, like "Where are our children?" <laughs> They're at some like bunker, some like you know, <laughs> armory or whatever. You know where all the kids are. <laughs> no windows. The kids are like play along, and he won't stab us. <laughs> uh, wait, why do we always turn things so dark? <laughs> Danielle, the darkness is there. We just bring it out. We just see it. We acknowledge it. Okay, well, I'm officially concerned about this holiday party. <laughs> Reasonably so. Uh, that's where it ends. The next day, Elise gets the fancy latte from her barista. She's leaning into the Christmas spirit. I'm sure her barista's thrilled. He is. He loves it. He, like, calls in the back, we're getting her the Yule Log latte. Okay, I've been to a lot of coffee shops. I've never had anybody excited that I'm buying seasonal anything. I mean, again, he's kind of like her friends and trying to push her to do this for a while. Like, they have a relationship. Still. But yes, it's still terrible. And apparently, she's getting to the true meaning of Christmas, which is sugar and... And spending money. I mean, yeah. 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 That, that tracks. <laughs> she has become so on top. She's swung on the pendulum all the other way that she is telling random strangers on the street to slow down, enjoy the season. And I hate her. I hate her more now than I did before. I don't know who was worse. Yeah, especially since the season is not like a season for some people. <laughs> yeah. Ex- <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> And even if it isn't, it's like, I don't want to be harassed by random jerks on the street telling me to slow down. I Maybe I'm late. You don't know. Don't tell me a coffee to drink. Don't tell me to slow down. Yeah. Not only do some people not celebrate, like, holidays during that time, like any kind of holiday, there's also, like, people who really probably don't want to be reminded that there's holidays during that time. Yeah, they probably have tragic associations with them. Yeah, so it's one thing, like, in passing, you know, the grocery store or something. It's another thing entirely with strangers on the street are, like, yelling at you about your holiday season. Yeah, no, it's it, she's become the most insufferable kind of holiday person and who would probably be probably fired for harassment if she was still employed. <laughs> Stop moving so fast. Celebrate the holidays. You didn't put up decorations in your cubicle? You have to put up decorations in your cubicle and join us for a a karaoke of Christmas carols. (laughs) At the lot, she goes up to an arguing couple to see if they need help with the tree. They do not, but instead ask her, a complete stranger, to settle a relationship argument for them. No. Yes. They state it as such. Mom, dad, dad's new wife. Who doesn't get invited to Christmas dinner? What? Yes. That's the question they posed to her. And he's like, bad divorce. So, first off. No, wait, wait, wait. So, mom, dad, mom, dad, dad's new wife. And they're debating whether or not to invite the dad's new wife to the They just dinner? ask who's not getting invited to Christmas because there's a bad blood between. So, either the mom or dad's new wife or dad and the new wife. Like, there's all the permutations. Oh, how about you just, they're all freaking adults and you just invite all of them and they need to deal with whether or not they're going to come to the holiday party and they can cancel if they want to. Danielle, first off, why are they asking Elise? Because this complete stranger to settle their familial dispute. Yeah, but second, weird. at least gives them that exact obvious answer. She's like, well, all the adults should be able to come together and it's the holidays. So maybe they'll put their like holidays or not. They should be able to put their differences aside and act like adults for like one evening. I agree. I mean, stay two hours, eat and leave. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you're so right. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you. Let's buy a tree now. Oh, she's just dispensing advice everywhere. She's like the holiday ghost. Uh, what? The ghost <laughs> dispenses advice normally, Danielle? Yeah, the one that like comes and tells you the honest truth, and then you're like, oh, I understand now. I understand the holiday spirit. I must not know something about the holidays. I've never had an honest ghost come to me. <laughs> well, you, again, 
have not sold all of like spent all your money on a New York theater that you need to like. Oh, <laughs> get. sorry, I haven't cremated myself. <laughs> I'm making the word Kermit the the ver- new verb for signing a really stupid contract that screws yourself and everyone you love. <laughs> That's when you get ghosts that visit you. So I don't know what to tell you, Zam. You need to work harder at it. He wasn't a ghost, Danielle. He was an angel. He was like a heavenly being, I would argue. They never specifically say that he's an angel. It is very A non-denominational holiday holiday spirit. (laughs) Yes, for Christmas. (laughs) Specifically for the Christmas special. Non-denominational Christmas. But they do not specifically say that it's Christmas. They say it's Christmas. The name of the movie is The Very Merry Muppet Christmas. No, I just movie. mean that they don't specifically mean that it's like they never say it's a Christian angel. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to add this argument, Danielle. The point is she saves the relationship because she is now the, I guess, ghost of Christmas bad advice. <laughs> that is good advice, though. I mean, it's obvious advice they should have already and should not have needed her. They ask her to deliver the tree and she says, oh, you live right near where I do, so I'll just do it myself later. Do they have delivery service? Apparently they do. And they don't even charge extra, <laughs> I guess, because <laughs> they never mentioned that. They never mentioned the upcharge. <laughs> that feels like that would have an extra delivery charge. They would have such an upcharge, Danielle. They would <laughs> upcharge you for the twine, they wrap the tree. They would up- it's- How do you think these places make money? Yeah. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying that's bad business. <laughs> Delivery is huge thing in New York. Like that's a big part of a lot of businesses. Yeah, 100%. So then we cut to another montage. It's Elise dragging the tree on a wagon through the streets. And she stops to watch random breakdancers because breakdancing outside in the middle of winter is a thing that is done. I mean, is it? You're there. I'm not. I have never seen breakdancers, honestly, on like the cardboard square that they have in all the movies. <laughs> really? You mean it's not 2003? I'm sorry, it's not break into Christmas Boogaloo. (laughs) After she tips them, they all gather around her and help her lug the tree because I guess they're done busking with her one tip. That was enough for them for the day. Like, we're done, we're good, we're out. (laughs) Maybe she's just the last one, Sam. It's the middle of the day. Maybe it's lunch break. Yes, buskers, lunch break. <laughs> let's, let's move this woman's tree Everybody on this lunch break. Everybody has to eat, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're going to spend their lunch break lugging a woman's Christmas tree through the streets for her. They're going to they spend might, it eating the lunch. They for it. <laughs> they got paid already when she tipped them. That was it. <laughs> anyway, she gets to the house of the delivery, and the woman from the couple answers and is astounded that she did it all by herself and insists she comes in for tea to recover from being out in the cold for so long. While the husband trims the tree and tells the story about every single ornament they have as he hangs them. That's a long visit. This ornament we got in the gift shop at the hospital for this. This ornament we got when we first met at the gift shop at the hotel we went to. Like... I would be out of there so fast. <laughs> it's impressive, actually, if you think about it, because I feel like at some point you kind of forget where ornaments came from. Some obviously have some sort of meaning, but yeah. a lot of them don't. Oh, like, hey, this one's pretty. Good enough. <laughs> they don't need a story. But this sounds like absolute torture to be sitting there like held hostage by these customers while they tell you 30 stories from their life. <laughs> Anyway, Elise is inspired by the story of their first Christmas together, which of course is related to her through ornament. And the wife then pries into Elise's personal life because I guess in the Hallmark universe, that is the first and only thing they ask you about (laughs) because it's how you are defined as a person by relationship status. Honey, are you dating anybody that's a serial killer? Have they bought four trees from you? 
I believe what she she literally says is, is there anyone you were seeing who could maybe trim your tree? No. Yeah. Yep. Boo. Yeah. The, the whole trim your tree thing, which is like, I don't know what that implies, but none of it sounds comfortable. <laughs> Elise mentions how she keeps blowing this one dude off. And the wife is all, oh, I turned my husband down four times when he asked me out. The lesson clearly being that for men, if a woman says no, she doesn't really mean it. And oh, for women, no. you should... <laughs> Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, my brain, my heart, yeah. it hurts. <laughs> yeah, and the lesson for women is you should say no at least once to A, not seem too eager, and B, test to see if he really cares. No, I'm so upset. The Hallmark world is a terrible, dark universe, and I never want to visit it ever in my life. It seems terrible, <laughs> awful place. You know what's terrible? In Pride and Prejudice, there's one of the characters gets turned down, and he's like, well, I know women, women do that. Like, they turn down somebody at least, you know, once before they actually accept it. Mr. Like, Darcy is, like, doing that the first time. It's and not he's, Mr. She's Darcy. Like, it's Mr. Collins. And it's, oh, like, Collins, he, yes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, it hasn't changed in, like, 200 years. Yeah. Well, also, Mr. Darcy is surprised when he first proposes, and he does it again. Like, they did the whole thing. But at least, yeah, but like, at least when she he does asks it, him to do it again. Yeah, well, what, the se- like, the second time Darcy proposes, like, if you still feel the same, I, like, if you don't feel the same, I, like, still feel the same as I did yeah, before. it was a more, and obviously it was a more reasonable proposal than, you know what, I, I can't get, I hate you, but I can't get you out of my eye. Let's do this. I know you want me. Yeah. Like, he specifically says, like, I haven't changed my opinion. So if you feel differently, great. If you don't, I'll let it go. But, like, Collins is like, you said no, but I know that's what women do. And this is exactly what that woman's saying, and it's terrible. This is why Jane Austen's amazing, because she puts in the book the one example of when not taking no, like, is done correctly. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> she, she gives the example of a doing none wrong with Colin to being done right with Darcy. So that's why she's amazing. And this is Hallmark. <laughs> and no one will be watching this movie in, you know, 200 years. Like they still will be reading Bright and Prejudice. So makes me so angry. Yeah, the world hasn't changed, Danielle. And this movie is doing nothing to help with that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that, uh, that stupid book was written in the 1800s. I know. <laughs> that's, like, that's literally like 200 years. Yes, Danielle, I know. <laughs> Why haven't we changed as a species? <laughs> Maybe we don't deserve to exist. Maybe like it's good that we're definitely going to wipe ourselves out pretty soon. <laughs> oh, that's such a terrible life lesson to teach people. The truth. <laughs> you guys, no means no, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No means no. And women, say no if you want to say no. Say yes if you want to say yes. Ask them out first if you want to. Don't worry about seeming too eager or like trying to maintain some idea of veiled modesty or something. Yeah, don't feel like you seem to say no when you really want to say yes. That's okay. Say yes. Say yes. And also like men, if they say no, just assume they really mean no. <laughs> like oh. it's basic. It's super easy. <laughs> you would think so. But apparently it's too complicated for Hallmark. Oh, that makes me mad. 2013. Man. Uh, they I'm haven't mad. changed in the last eight years either, so Anyway, the wife then gives Elise her business card. She works in City Hall and says they should hang out sometime. None of this is foreshadowing. thank you. (laughs) Your opinions on love are terrible, and I want nothing to do with you. (laughs) Elise, however, takes this to heart and is totally on board. Elise leaves and then dials Darren 
But chickens out and hangs up. Oh my gosh. He's so into you. Just if you like him, go with him. If you don't like him, don't go with him. He's probably a serial killer, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> we come back from commercial break at the lot. Darren comes by. Elise admits to calling him and hanging up, but then her headhunter calls, interrupting them. The headhunter says she has an interview for her for a VP position at a different footwear company, the direct competitor to her previous one, and the interview is in an hour, so she better get there right away. Okay, hunter percent that's not how interviews usually work my note says exactly which is not how interviews work but whatever (laughs) it's so rare that they're like an hour away you never have especially for like a high level like executive position when you are an hour or it's not happening like you there would be weeks of back and forth scheduling probably oh sure my calendar's like, booked what about your third Tuesday I've got 2 to 2.30 available or I've got no no that's so good for me what about Thursday. your next Thursday from now what about the third thir- Thursday in June can we do that like oh no I have no. a kid's recital from that I, I'm on a business trip I don't know there's no way no way but this puts Elise in a bind she's the only one with the lot because Shane is somewhere it's okay you've got a serial killer to help you out yeah well she asked darren to cover for her or like bullies him into it and rushes off why is everyone just terrible in these movies i don't know but they are (laughs) she's at the interview but it becomes apparent very quickly the interviewer is just digging for some insider information on their competitor who fired her and is not actually interested in her as a candidate Ooh, rough she walks out and heads back to the lot just in time to save Darren from floundering around trying to sell trees that he knows nothing about. Well, he can't be any worse than she was when she first started out. Kind of. Someone's like, hey, do you know what the difference between these two trees are? It's like they're both different named trees. One's a something blue and another's a different kind of pine tree. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that would be me. I'm like, well, this is a blue spruce according to the tag that yep. is attached to it. <laughs> See, but you even knew it was called a blue spruce. I didn't even remember that much, Danielle. You'd have well, I beat. grew up in an area where blue spruces were pretty common, so... Oh. Okay, well, I okay. <laughs> name any other pine tree that they'd be at a tree. I guess Douglas. Fir. I literally can't. I no. I'm like, I'll I'll be upfront that I'm not a plant person, and I know about five trees. Like three of them are maples because I really like maples. <laughs> oh, what are the three maples, Danielle? Um, red I maple. Like, I like yeah. I like red maples. I like sugar maple. Ooh, sugar maples are delicious. That's a good yeah, syrup. And I like Japanese maples. Also very pretty. All right, this has been Plant Corner with Danielle. <laughs> The only maples I know. This will be the first and the last episode of Plant Corner with Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> We've exhausted her knowledge. <laughs> I also know uh, weaving willows and uh, cherry cherry blossom trees. What about, about like it. birch? Nope. Oh, I can name an oak. I can do. I can. I can point out an oak. There are a lot of oaks around here. There are so many birch around there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Birch trees are actually pretty easy to point out. Yeah, because they have the peeling bark. <laughs> Yeah. See, you know way more about plants. I guess we'll have to have another episode of, of Daniel's Plant Corner in the future. <laughs> That's about it. I'm not kidding. I uh, I inherited two plants recently, and I had to post a picture on uh, social media to be like, hey, everybody, what are these two plants? I don't know what they are. Oh, that's, I, mean, I have no idea. Like, it's just a green plant. That's another green plant. <laughs> Except that within, like, minutes, people were like, oh, this is this. This is that. And I was like, oh. Glad you all know your plants. You're lucky I didn't see that post because my response would have been, looks like they're going to be dead plants soon. (laughs) I'm trying not to kill them. I inherited them in my new house and I'm like trying not to, I'm trying my best not to kill them. Well, everyone give good wishes to Danielle's plants. We'll check back in on how they're doing in the next episode of Danielle's Plant Corner. Yeah, they're not pet friendly, so I'm going to have to like figure out where to put them so they don't get eaten, but okay. I am going to try and keep them. Well, that's just keep trying to end Daniel's pet corner, but it just doesn't end. <laughs> it 
Danielle's Plant Corner. Do, 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 Danielle's Plant Corner. All right. There's the official ending. I'm sorry. I tried to, <laughs> I tried to end before that happened. I tried to make it different than the uh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We are in trouble. Uh, <laughs> carry on. Carry on. Elise then asks Darren out on a dinner date that night. And he's like, yes, I've been trying to get your attention for so long. Yeah. I've bought three four, Christmas trees. Four. four Christmas trees, woman. <laughs> Just as, guess who? Lance shows up. No! It's Lance. Lance is back. Lance bought, no, Lance bought mint chocolate chip ice cream. Don't go back to him. <laughs> so Lance is all like, hey, Elise, good to see you. I just got that promotion, the one you were going for. Remember the promotion that you got fired instead of getting the promotion? Wait, that, wait, I got he that promotion. thinks that's going to win her back? Oh, he's all about that. And he's Don't like, hey, come celebrate with me. You're alone on the holidays. I'm alone on the holidays. We can, you know, hang out together, have some fun. No. Darren steps in, introduces himself, and then Lance is like, hey, Elise, are we going to do this? What do you say? And she's like stammering, like, I'm just like so angry like she's stammering about to say no clearly angry gonna say no but darren gets all huffy and says you know what she's free actually and storms off oh my gosh darren what the heck man apparently he's angry that a she dated other guys and b has to reject other guys or something what is with his possessive jerkness suddenly i don't know but darren mint chocolate chip can totally disappear from her life he doesn't deserve why do you call darren mint chocolate chip sorry whatever his name is no darren is the one who storms off lance is the one that she was about to turn down lance mint chocolate chip can disappear from her life yeah, but Darren's the one who left in a huff because she didn't reject him fast enough, I guess. That sounds about right. So they're all jerks, and she is way better off with them all gone. I mean, she doesn't want a serial killer or a mint chocolate chip in her life anyway. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Do you like my backstory that didn't exist? None of this makes any sense. You're getting them confused, Danielle. You're getting me confused. You're getting everyone confused. This no, is like Darren a four-hour episode. Tr- Do you his Christmas tree? <laughs> And what's-his-face is mint chocolate chip. No, Darren is serial killer. I thought we were over this. Christmas tree. Christmas tree guy. I met four Christmas trees. Okay, Darren sure. is Darren is a Christmas tree guy, and the other guy, what's his name? Lance. You told me it wasn't important, so I didn't remember him. <laughs> it's not he came important. back. Why did you lie? Lance is out. He's done. This is the last we see him in this, in this whole movie. <laughs> Thank he, God. <laughs> At least tells Lance to pound sand and then chases after Darren. But before she can leave the lot, she's interrupted by someone from the fire department. The lot has been condemned as a fire hazard because of the light. So no, all, what? So all of the trees are being impounded. That's not how anything works. <laughs> At most, she'd get a warning that she needs to disconnect a few poles. So instead of having her unplug the dangerous flickering Christmas lights, which aren't even like essential lights, they're just Christmas tree lights, they confiscate all the trees Every you can't like, see me but all of my my hands and like they're so <laughs> gesticulating i'm so mad the guys are like we gotta take all the trees someone called a fire department plank the lights are dangerous so we're taking the trees sorry it it's would a, literally a never happen it is the dumbest thing so some dude just starts hauling trees and throw them in the back of a truck because apparently the fire department is equipped to haul off christmas trees in the middle of the night Nothing would this. Oh my god! I guess middle of the day, but whatever. <laughs> did he pay? Uh, did Colin Mockery no. pay off people? <laughs> no. What happens is she gets handed a document and it's like, "This is the complaint letter." You know, you can see who filed the complaint in there. We all know who it is. And he's like, "You can appeal it, but it will take 
several weeks to process because apparently the complaint doesn't take any time to process, but the <laughs> appeal does. <laughs> this is so dumb. It is. She's like, it'll be after Christmas by then. He's like, not my problem. That was literally never happened. I could totally see them maybe coming up and saying like, hey, we have an issue and like issuing some kind of warning. Citation. But they're of, not going to Yeah. Worst case, a fine and telling her to disconnect those lights will be back tomorrow to make sure. Yeah. That's like the most that would ever happen unless she didn't disconnect lights. Yeah, but not like, we're going to take all of your trees because the trees are the fire hazard here, not the lights. They leave the yeah. light, they take the trees. <laughs> Which is crazy because that's so much more work for the city and there's just no way they would no actually way. go that route. Not like two days before Christmas. No, that's crazy. Hilarious. <laughs> At least we get a fun shot of Gary looking all sinister watching all of this from the back of his limo. <laughs> Cut to commercial. How is he a limo? Is he just rich, like naturally rich? He owns like a chain of department stores or furniture stores or some kind of stores. I still don't know. <laughs> okay. Furniture stores that sell ornaments too, I guess. <laughs> furniture ornament stores. Ornament stores. <laughs> Ornamenture stores? <laughs> Ornament stores. Ornature. Ornature stores. There we go. We got there. <laughs> Whatever, move on. <laughs> we come back from commercial. Elise is back at her parents' house, breaking the bad news. Sorry, mom and dad, I got us condemned. <laughs> I got I got our, our trees impounded by the city. We'll have to pay to get them out of the, the tow lot, I guess. 50 I bucks don't know a why they didn't give us just a notice or a fine either. That's very confusing. And they, they left one tree behind. They put a boot on that one tree, which just, just <laughs> seems weird. Why would you boot a tree? <laughs> That's for comedy value. That's funny. That's a funny joke. If I was a city, be like, hey, guys, we've got an order. You got to go down to the this Christmas tree lot and impound the trees for being a fire hazard. I, I would bring a boot and put a tree because I'd be like, this is stupid. This is my protest. <laughs> That's totally what Joe did from the impound lot. He's like, this is dumb. I got to boot a tree. Anyway, he's like, oh, I'm such a failure. I failed the family. And this here does feel very much like a mob movie. Like, I failed the family. Don't disown me. Don't murder me. Don't give me concrete shoes. And the mom's like, it's okay. The trees give us hope. (laughs) The mom's like, don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. We don't need the money. It's fine. We've probably gotten most of it anyway, because it's only two days before Christmas. So then Elise goes up to her old childhood room to sulk. And that's how that scene ends. (laughs) (laughs) the dumbest movie in the whole world i told you danielle this is absolutely <laughs> like this is the hallmarkiest of hallmark movies it is like the crown of the hallmark christmas movies for being stupid like christmas bounty wasn't a hallmark movie and it still managed to be stupid but this is like hallmark has never made a more hallmark movie than this movie ever hallmark <laughs> sirens at 1 a.m what are they doing Saving someone's life, or maybe shutting down a Christmas tree lot. <laughs> they, there's an emergency. They're shutting down a Christmas tree lot. I would like lot. to assume that they're running to a Christmas tree lot. There's a fire hazard, a Christmas tree lot. We need to get all those trees out of there post stat. That'd make me feel better than having to save somebody's life. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. No, I just mean the like, I don't want somebody to be dying. I would rather there be a Christmas tree lot that needs to get impounded. I imagine the other like, we can either save this person's life who's having a heart attack, or we can shut down this Christmas tree lot. That's clearly the more important call. <laughs> We need to boot a tree. Stats. <laughs> Before someone plugs in some Christmas lights, that might start a fire. But we'll leave the lights alone. Just the tree with the boot. Colin Mockery gave us a call. <laughs> if Colin Mockery called me, I would do what he says, obviously. <laughs> 
Like, yes, you would sir, never Mr. do Mockery. that. Colin Mockery is a better person than that. Yeah, because I could trust Colin Mockery. That's why I would do what he said. Like, I know if he's calling me to do something, he has a good reason. Maybe he's trying to save the world and I have to, like, just go with it. Yes, that must be it. Mm. Some kind of, like, ancient ritual. He's trying to prevent a, a great evil. I don't know. It's like Noah Wiley, the librarian. <laughs> yes, sir, Colin Mockery. I would, oh my, Danielle, call, a Colin <laughs> Mockery know. librarian movie? I would watch movie? the heck out oh. of that. <laughs> Somebody call Jonathan Freaks and tell me it's a movie he needs to make. <laughs> Colin Mockery, as directed by Jonathan Frakes in The Librarian. Man, oh, I'd watch that. I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> oh, all right, back to this dumb movie. Uh, <laughs> You're so close, Sam. You're so close. Back in the city. No, we're not. We're like so far away. They have no idea. Hurry <laughs> it along, Sam. Actually, I don't care. You're fine. I'm. It's only 10 here. You're the one that has to be up. We've early. gone on so many cul-de-sacs in this episode. <laughs> many i'm sorry it's just there's so many tangents to be made this movie is a never-ending pit of insanity so i don't blame us i blame hallmark for unleashing this horror upon us i don't feel like i would take back anything i've said there's just too many things to say <laughs> that is a fact this might be our marathon of hell episode you know cuddle up with a with a, with a box of eggnog because you can do wine in boxes, why not eggnog? And put on the fire, listen to this episode, and then fall asleep in front of the Christmas tree. <laughs> All right, back in the city, Gary is very happy to see the tree lock gone, but inside, oh my god, Danielle, I have so much to say about this, this is bad, but inside, a bunch of people are questioning the manager about where the tree lot went. Oh, uh, okay. They're like, Where's that tree lot? I love that tree lot. I buy my tree every year. I go to this tree lot to buy my tree. I've been going there since I was a child. Where is it? And no one would do this. No one would care where one random tree lot went that badly. Especially not that close to Christmas. They would just assume they sold out or they're like, it's cl- too close to Christmas to continue so sales. They moved like, or whatever. Yeah. Or also because a tree lot is also a place you visit maybe once a year, not a daily attraction. Like, you know, like, oh, today it's gone. It was there yesterday. I know that you would not have that like much of a bead on this Christmas tree lot unless you're the serial killer stalking the girl who works there. <laughs> yeah. At most you might be like, well, that's kind of weird. Usually they're here till past Christmas or to Christmas or whatever, but you wouldn't go into the store and be like, like, excuse me. <laughs> but these people are livid. They all buy their trees at that lot every year since they were children. And they know about the complaint. They know about someone complained about the tree lot and it kind of shut down. How would they know that? Danielle. Okay, now, I can only assume that the tree lot is now the mafia, as I said before. And they have, like, spread this di- this information to, like, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, people are, like, genuinely upset about it because they're paying protection money to this Look, tree lot. I think the New Yorkers are disaffected never pay attention to anything trope is a little overplayed but there is no way people in the city would care that much about one random tree lot i'm sorry they'd be like i got i got too much to do i don't care i just go to the next tree lot they're everywhere this is some nonsense but the manager then directs them to ask their questions to gary who has just walked in oh 100 as the manager of that store i'd be like you know who's a great person to ask about that is actually our our owner gary like he he has all the insider knowledge he can help you out with this question well to be fair the manager is like friends with the family has been for years and is kind of ticked off that gary has done this yeah i would do that all day long gary's a great person to ask let me refer you over to him yeah exactly (laughs) oh So they ask Gary, like, what's going on? What kind of a man shuts down a Christmas tree lot this close to Christmas? And Gary, master of public relations that he is, says, This kind of man shuts down a Christmas tree lot because I can. (laughs) 
No further questions, and he leaves. That's it. That's his whole explanation. Colin. He's having such a hard time. He clearly does not like the holidays. He clearly has an axe to grind, and he just, I just love that he's like, what kind of man does, like, me, I did this, I did something evil, and I'm proud of it. I'm like, you know what? If I was that mom, I'd be like, I don't agree with you, Gary, but I respect your commitment to your truth. So good for you, Gary. I guess I have to respect that. I gotta go. Oh, I don't know why people care about this Christmas tree lot so much. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> Yeah, nobody would care. Meanwhile, Darren, out for his daily lot visit, sees its clothes, and then moves on. <laughs> we cut to Elise, coming down from her childhood room, I guess from a nap, maybe she spent the night, unclear. And her parents are all, well, we'll have to figure it out, maybe I can go back to my teaching career, and we can look for a new place to have a tree lot next year. But Elise is all, you didn't raise a quitter, and the dad's like, no, we didn't. And she gets on the phone and calls Shane, and then calls her friend to go meet at the store. Okay, I'm gonna state again that I do not think two days before Christmas is gonna, like, make or break their sales. Right. Because most people get their Christmas tree prior to that. Like, lots of people get them the day before, but not, like, nearly as many people always get them the several weeks prior. This is, like, Christmas Eve now, Danielle. Yeah, like- so the idea that, like, they're losing sales to the point where they're gonna have to, like, go back to another job is insanity. Yeah, I understand this whole thing. Like, when she first started talking about her hatred of the Christmas tree lot life back in the beginning of the movie, where she's like, we used to sell them, we used to miss the holidays, like, why? Didn't you just, like, sell all the trees as much as you could up to, like, the, the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve and then, yeah. like, pack it in and have a nice Christmas with your family? But no, apparently they kept it open all through Christmas Eve, because I guess their biggest sales day is Christmas Eve. Which I cannot possibly believe. No. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know a lot about Christmas tree sales. It's possible that Christmas Eve is a big no, is a big I've sale day. to me. People get them weeks in advance. Yeah, and I have actually, like, usually I get them weeks in advance. I have actually, with my family, gotten a Christmas tree, like, the 22nd, the 23rd, 24th, somewhere in that scope. Like, sure. just a, a couple days before Christmas, maybe even the day before Christmas. But that is, like, a rare thing. And I live on a road where there's a lot of people go and get Christmas trees up in the hills. And I'll tell you right now, there are a ton of Christmas trees coming down on those hills. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way that people are like the biggest sale day. I'd be so surprised if the biggest sale day is Christmas Eve. Yeah, no, it's insane that their make or break is just one day more of sales. Yeah, I can't believe that. To the point where somebody would have to get a different job. <laughs> well, I mean, or unretire, essentially. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely insane. So, on her way to the store, though, Elise stops by the school to apologize to Darren for being to a the jerk. the serial killer? <laughs> she apologizes to Darren the serial killer for being a jerk to him earlier when she didn't reject Lance fast enough. That's crazy, because he didn't even give her an opportunity. Yeah, no, she has nothing to apologize for. Darren should be groveling for her forgiveness, but instead he's like, well, thank you for saying that, and then she begs him for a favor. No. Oh, back in the store, they all huddle together with the store manager. The plan, according to Elise, is power in numbers. They want to corner Gary and plead their case because apparently that's their plan. It's a bad plan. If he hasn't been receptive to their entreaties thus far, what makes her think that bringing more people to accost him is going to change his mind? Yeah, he seems to dislike people in general. So the manager mentions that Gary always goes someplace Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon, maybe one of his other stores, so he split up to go to the other stores to look for him. As they leave the store, before they're even outside, they split up before they even get outside the doors, Darren says to Elise, I have an idea of where I can find Gary. Something he maybe should have said before they all split up. Yeah, that would have made more sense. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, okay, we're going to go to the store. Great. Hey, Elise, while they go check that store, which I know is a dead end, well, I have a better idea. (laughs) (laughs) We're just getting rid of them for plot's sake. (laughs) Pretty much exactly what happens. This whole plan is nonsense. Anyway, he takes Elise to a botanic garden. (laughs) 
He hangs out in the Botanic Garden during his Tuesday, Thursdays. So Darren learned about the Botanic Garden by bribing Gary's driver with Nick's tickets. How they locate Gary's driver without knowing where Gary was? That's a question I cannot answer because I presume <laughs> the driver had driven Gary wherever he is now. <laughs> Maybe he bought a Christmas tree and she got his details then. However it happened, he bribed Gary's driver to somehow tell them where he is without knowing where Gary's driver was and they show up at this Botanic Garden. He finally apologized for being a jerk and then they spot Gary in the Botanic Garden. He tells Elise to go speak to him from the heart. Yeah, that'll move him. Yeah. Except it will because it's the end of the movie. Oh, man, Daniel, you have no idea. This is... <laughs> I, have, I have thoughts. So she goes up to Gary, who is fussing over a bench with a plaque. The plaque says, in memory of Noel Dixon, which is a very subtle name for a character that is dead. Does he hate Christmas because his wife died around the holidays? Mm, kind of. Because she was really into the holidays? Danielle. Because her name is Noel, because her birthday was around the holidays? Danielle, we're, you're, you're hitting all... You're, you're just throwing <laughs> the darts. Is it his daughter? Is it his aunt? His Danielle, mother? His... Danielle. Yeah, let me. You, you, nothing you're saying is wrong. It's because it's everything. Everything you're saying is right. It's all right. Dude, his entire family was his entire family born like December 26. They all died in a freak like accident during the holiday season, and now he can't handle the holidays. Yes, they died in a plane crash to visit him on the holidays. No. <laughs> And they were all born during the holidays. That's the important part, Sam. So Gary asks her what she's doing here. And she's like, I can't talk to you. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. And Elise says, oh, I now know why this has been so hard for you. And then gets Gary to talk all about how his wife worked for a horticultural nonprofit. So she loved plants. And suddenly he smiles and is all friendliness. No longer a bitter jerk. It's just that easy to change somebody. So his wife, Noelle, her birthday was on Christmas because, duh. And she was mm-hmm. really into it. So after she died, we don't know when she died, but she died. He now hates it. Because she was into Christmas. Because she was very into it. And her birthday was on. This is her birthday. And so he hates being reminded of her. That's fair, but not so fair as to take it out on a sad little tree farm outside of his place of business. Absolutely. So Elise tells him she spent half her life resenting Christmas, which is totally the same as a man grieving for his dead wife. Exactly the same. Yeah. So the same. Her experience working a few weeks as a kid with her family is exactly the same as him grieving his life partner. Yeah. Her carrying over her angsty teen years to her adult years, totally the same. Yeah. So she's like, I totally identify with you, man. Now I'm not going to ask you about the lot anymore. I'm going to respect your wish to be alone with your memories. And she leaves. As she's talking with Darren about how it's over, it's fine, we're done. Gary rushes after her and says, Noelle would never forgive me. And then asks what he can do to help her reestablish the lot. Okay, why didn't he have this turnaround earlier? Like, I get why he might hate it, but you also think if he was going to have a turnaround about it, he would have added a while ago. Because he didn't have Elise come and talk to him, express an interest in his pain. Okay, whatever. (laughs) No, it's nonsense. Again, I told you that his character flip was even more atrocious than Elise's. I don't know about that. I'm going to argue that Elise's is like totally worse. At least the way you portrayed it, maybe it's better in the movie but i feel like elise this was like a 180 while his is like at least he like maybe he just felt heard or just had a i don't know a moment i think they're both terrible turnarounds but i don't know his feels like slightly more realistic than hers i'm not a place to judge i'm just telling you what's here (laughs) who knows So Gary asks what he can do to help, and then Elise says she has an idea. We come back from commercial break. (laughs) The trees are back as people (laughs) applaud the tree lot being reopened. No. Yes, people are like, yeah, Christmas trees are back. For half a day, I'm so excited. Or maybe a full day. I have no idea. Time of this movie is a a quagmire. (laughs) In reality, no one would care, but these people are just 
so, so excited to see Christmas trees that they can buy up again because apparently they don't exist anywhere else in the city. I already bought a tree, but I'm so excited that you guys are back for other people to buy trees. I won't buy one of these trees. It's going to go to waste. But so glad to see you lugged it all the way back out here. Great. <laughs> so guess what Elise did? She called the wife, the one who works in City Hall, and apparently pulled some strings for her and got it all straightened out. The fire marshal is all, everything is in order. You're 10 feet back from the curb. Now, as long as you don't tie into the store's electrical system again, you'll be fine. Which again, they could have solved that without taking the freaking trees in the first place. <laughs> I totally forgot that woman existed. Yeah, no, she is used merely as this plot device, but she's about to play a more prominent role. It's insane how much she plays in this movie. But now they have no music and no lights to help sales because apparently without the one place to plug into the store, there's no electrical access they can choose. Oh my god, if only batteries existed. Well, luckily, Gary has had a complete change of heart and he appears with a generator he is giving to the tree lot that they can set up. So now they'll have a big, loud, stinky generator instead of, you know, anything else in the lot. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> so now it's time for a sales montage. The lot is bustling, the store is doing gangbusters with the increased traffic. Everybody's happy. They sell out all their trees. And I have written in my notes, there's still somehow 10 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> How is that? Because she has to resolve her issues with what's-his-face. No, the, Derek, they're in his back. They, they have their little heart-to-heart. -heart. They're cool. They're not going to have, like, more heart-to-heart? -heart? Oh, Danielle, they're going to have more contrived heart-to-heart. -heart. It's amazing what happens next. Oh, I also forgot to mention, because it, it's not important, that I remember Bob, the homeless guy who's working with them, mm -hmm. he left after the lot closed. I was like, well, I guess I'm out of work again, and it's fairly <laughs> dejected. I think it's important to note that the first Saturday and Sunday in December are the two most popular single days to buy a tree in the United States. Yeah, okay, thank you for looking at that, Danielle. And so every other day is, is pointless, and so these people are wasting <laughs> their efforts. I am just saying it is not Christmas Eve. <laughs> I can't believe she was calling in her very pregnant friend to come in on Christmas Eve to pull strings at City Hall. Yeah. City Hall wouldn't crazy. be open if it's Christmas Eve. Maybe it's <laughs> not true. Christmas Eve. Maybe it's the day before Christmas Eve. I have no idea what day it is, Danielle. <laughs> this movie makes no sense. <laughs> Regardless, it's a terrible person to call in for that. Anyway, Gary is chatting up customers, being all personable and charismatic. He admits to Elise that the tree lot is good for business. And hey, that Winter Wonderland you set up, also a great idea. We'll get what that means later, because I had no idea what Winter Wonderland was, because we did not see that in this movie. <laughs> he then says, oh, you work in marketing. Do you want a job? working in marketing for my stores and she's like absolutely so yeah i would love to work for you you're totally i'm sure a great boss totally stable not at all bipolar or whatever <laughs> just then the wife goes into labor so they leave oh dear cut to that night gary puts a star on one of the trees in the lot because apparently you don't sell trees at a lot you just decorate them <laughs> <laughs> well, they sell better when they're decorated, Sam. <laughs> no, okay, right, because I forgot how that worked. I know, I've always bought my trees decorated from the lot. Well, especially if you sell them decorated for no extra charge, you just get free decoration <laughs> with your tree. I mean, yeah, that would it, that would incentivize me to buy an extra tree. <laughs> yeah, and somehow that does not ruin your business. <laughs> Gary tells her, hey, you should go talk to Darren. Since Christmas comes around every year, but the right person comes around once in a lifetime. Okay. Yep. Then Elise goes up to Darren and thanks him for the help. She says the kids had a blast. So I am guessing this winter wonderland, he brought a bunch of kids out of a public school to do unpaid labor on a private tree lot? Yay! That's the best type of unpaid labor. Darren definitely kidnapped those children, Danielle. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> Twice. Twice he did. No, he's, he's still held on to them. He's not letting them go after New Year's. <laughs> Parents are like, where are my children? He's like, you don't go free until I bang Elise. <laughs> anyway, Elise's parents are coming to the city, so they should all do dinner at her place. And Darren is all, 
I'd love to, but I made a promise to someone and I have other plans. I'm sorry, I can't come tonight. And Elise brushes this off and says, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll see you around. Which, you know, they could just reschedule, say, a date for literally any other day that isn't oh, that exact night. Just that night. That's the only date they can have. They'll never see each other again if they don't have dinner that one night. <laughs> Movie's dumb, Danielle. It's stupid. <laughs> It's like dumber than than I even expected it to be as a Hallmark movie. <laughs> I can't recommend watching it enough. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> See, this is why people watch Hallmark movies, Sam. Now you know. I mean, I don't think I'd ever watch another one because I was so angry watching this one that I was <laughs> literally sweating. <laughs> I was sweating so much. I was so mad. <laughs> You need to calm down. It's just a Hallmark movie. <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, you people are idiots. I hate all of you. Why am I doing this to myself? Okay, listeners, we need some suggestions on some really good no. Hallmark movies for Sam to have to <laughs> Don't watch. Don't make me do this again, Danielle, please. <laughs> and when we do our next swap, I will make him watch a Hallmark I paid movie. my dues. You can't make me do another one. <laughs> Back at her apartment, Elise, the friend, Shane, her parents, are celebrating selling every tree. Elise apologizes for being too busy to stop by more at the lot when they were in town or at their home over the last few years. Shane and the friend flirt hard, and she makes a date with Shane for New Year's Eve. So at least, you know, they have a fairly easy hookup. So good for them. I'm excited for them. The couple that just had the baby, they text Elise because apparently she's the most important person in their life now. (laughs) Sounds about right. They text that they had a baby. It's a girl and they're naming it Noelle because, duh. At least they're not naming it Elise. Oh, man. That would have been so much better. (laughs) Cut to Bob. He's working at a soup kitchen with Darren, one he used to visit frequently but now works at. Bob then tells Darren, hey, there should really be somewhere else that you should be at. And Darren's like, what? I made a promise. He was like, don't worry, man. Go. It's not too late. It's Christmas Eve. Miracles happen. So we cut back to Elise's home. The party is wrapping up. Everyone is leaving. Elise just closes the door when there's a knock. It's Lance. Oh, no. Kidding. It's Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Good, because I don't think I could handle more mint chocolate chip guy. (laughs) Darren, he's here with an ornament gift for Elise, just like all the other ornaments you heard about from the other couple. Elise calls it their best first Christmas ever. They lock lips hard, like... Real hard. They're going at it like teenagers. <laughs> it's intense. I'm glad they committed to it. Yeah, the image warps and wraps around <laughs> a Christmas ornament, and they continue to suck face as the words Merry Christmas are scrawled upon the screen. The end. Aw, yay! I'm so glad she found her Christmas spirit, and Judaism doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the <Aww>. end. <laughs> or any other, you know, non-Christian <laughs> religion. <laughs> Well, that was the only one this movie focused on, so I figured I'd throw it in there. So, there you go. Fur crazy, Danielle. That was quite the movie, Sam. Thank you for sharing. I regret my choices. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. It was fabulous. I regret my choice. I regret putting so much energy into this movie. This this episode (laughs) is so long, I'm going to be sad for weeks. You'll cut it. It'll be fine. Half of it is just like me walking around trying to find a deer. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Anyway, that's maybe my first Hallmark movie. I mean, I don't know if you count like, I guess I've watched some Lifetime movies, which are are different in flavor. Yeah, they are. But I do not regret not watching Hallmark movies up until this point, and I will not regret not watching them ever again. That's fair. I'll give you a pass on Hallmark movies. Oh, man. What a roller coaster of insanity. Like, I get that it had the the, the formula of the Hallmark movie. I did not expect it to have such creepy undertones. (laughs) 2013 was a wild year. Or to be, like, so prejudiced, like... Just dismissive and weirdly, like, prejudiced. I don't know. It felt racist 
in a way like it like it wasn't overt it was like oh it kind of just feels like it doesn't quite understand how bad it's been even when it's trying to acknowledge that it's bad to be this way yeah it does sound like it was erring on the side of um wrong <laughs> <laughs> like it literally had a scene where they acknowledge that other religions or faiths or non-faiths exist and don't celebrate the holidays but it's like but that doesn't matter <laughs> it's only about christmas anyway <laughs> who cares this movie's a christmas movie. <laughs> But it went out of its way to point out that other things exist just so it could say they don't matter, is my point. <laughs> like, it feels like worse if they just not acknowledge it at all. I agree. They should have probably just cut that scene. Oh, it was bad. Anyway, there you go. I've said so much about this movie. We've said so much about this movie and many things that are not this movie tonight. That's I true. I have no idea what else there is to say. There's nothing. We're done. That is it. The Winter Bazaar <laughs> is bizarred out. We've sold every tree in the bazaar lot. <laughs> It's peak bizarre. We have no more opinions. <laughs> we have no more references. We are spent. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to write in to tell us what day you buy your Christmas tree on, if you buy one, or how much it upsets you that people keep trying to get you to buy Christmas trees when you don't buy one, <laughs> you can reach us at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookretorts. And if you want to support the continuing adventures of DJ Shrike in Christmas Land this time, <laughs> you can send... <laughs> if you'd like to see a Christmas mix by DJ Shrike. If you want, I guess, to produce a Christmas mix by DJ Shrike, you can donate at patreon.com slash bookretorts. Yay, Patreon! I hope you've enjoyed our descent into the bazaar this winter. And until next time, please, please don't date a serial killer. <laughs> It's important. Don't do it. Don't do it. I don't care how handsome he is. It's not worth it. (laughs) All right. Until then, bye. Take care, everybody. Okay. That was so scary. <laughs> there was like a little like teenage deer out there. I kept hearing like a, it sounded like a cat mewing, but it was like outside. I thought at first it was like my cat and I was like, that's not my cat. And so I like looked outside. Oh my gosh, sorry. So I like looked it's outside. No, but it wasn't a deer at the time. So I like, I looked outside and I couldn't see it and I heard the noise and I was like, well, maybe they're foxes because I have some foxes out back. I was like, maybe that's a fox noise. And so I'm like looking for it and I don't see it, but I hear the noise and then I hear like a large creature moving. And I like looked around and I was like, okay, that's weird. So I like followed the noise out. It like ran off and I followed out the side door and then I like looked out there and I heard it again. So I like followed it around and I'm like shining my phone flashlight. And then I realized it's like this little teenage deer and it like comes down and I think maybe it was trapped because um, you gotta slow down. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> I think it was because it, maybe it was trapped because it was like stuck in. I have two gates on either side of the left side of my house. And so I think it was like trapped in between. It couldn't figure out how to get back out to its mom, which I didn't realize was out there, though. I was thinking maybe it's like parents are out here. So I went out the front to open the gate so that it could get through if it wanted to come back down because I scared it away. And so I went to open the gate and there was a deer behind me <laughs> and it like startled and ran. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's a pitch black outside. I don't have lights. <laughs> in the country and so i opened all the gates and, I left and hopefully the deer manages to get out but it was just it was a mystery and then it was scary <laughs> i'm not scared of deer it was just i wasn't expecting a deer to be behind me okay that was an adventure <laughs> oh my god
I don't hear it anymore, so I think we're okay. Oh, I've never, I've never heard a deer make that noise. It's very weird. I see deer literally every day. Well, now you have, I guess. Anyway, continue on. I'm ready. I'm here.